Francisco Taxi Cab Commission will come to order. The first item of business is the call to order. Roll call. Commissioner Gillespie. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. President Gillespie. Vice President. <laughs> Vice President Breslin. You're <laughs> present. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Benjamin. Here. Commissioner Onetto. Here. Commissioner Pack is excused. Commissioner Slaughter is excused. Commissioner Suval is excused, so we have a quorum, barely. I am Jordana Thigpen. I am the Executive Director of the San Francisco Taxi Commission. I would like to read an admonishment regarding the use of particular technology known as cell phones. The ringing of and use of cell phones, pagers, and similar sound-producing electronic devices are prohibited at the meeting. Please be advised that any person responsible for the ringing or use of a cell phone, pager, or other similar sound-producing electronic device might be removed from the meeting. Please be aware that cell phones that are set on vibrate cause microphone interference, and so we respectfully request that they be placed in the off position. Thank you very much. The next item is staff report and commissioner announcements. And uh, commissioners, I've prepared a staff report. I'd just like to go over a couple things um, pertaining to the staff report before we take commissioner announcements. Uh, first of all, I'd like to note that um, today uh, at 4 p.m., um, along with Commissioner Onetto, I attended a, a meeting of the Sunshine Task Force. Uh, that is a task force um, that um, hears uh, complaints about the city's public processes pertaining to the Sunshine Ordinance. The complaint was brought by Barry Toronto regarding some public comment that had been made at a prior meeting, uh, which Mr. Toronto alleged was defamatory in nature. The Sunshine Task Force did not find that the material in question was defamatory. However, uh, the Sunshine Task Force did find a violation in uh, giving uh, more time to um, certain public speakers than was um, th than should be given. In other words, on a particular occasion, uh, allegedly on June 24th, or I guess they found so on June 24th, 2008, a particular speaker was given uh, extra time, um, 30 seconds more than that person should have been given. Um, according to the testimony of uh, Mr. Toronto. So um, the commission, rather the uh, task force, um, found that persuasive and did find a violation. So this commission is admonished to give equal time to each public speaker and not to grant extra time to um, any particular speaker for any reason at all, um, each uh, member. Through the chair, I have a question. Yes. Uh, does that impact um, our need to ask some questions uh, to, to obtain clarity? No, that was specifically brought up by Commissioner Neto, and you are you are um, you are still allowed to ask questions for clarity. However, in the instance where an individual um, has been given one minute and then is um, you know given another thirty seconds at the end to speak, as was the case um, with this particular speaker, that particular conduct is enjoined by the by the order. So you should you know you feel free to ask questions for clarity's sake. Uh, you know, but but not to um, give extra time um, for just an additional uh, speaking of, from that person. And again, through the chair, I just want to make sure I understand this. And if someone is midstream in sentence, would you um, propose that we allow them to finish the sentence as long as the sentence is uh, truncated and not too, too uh, long? 
Commissioner, that was not the subject of this particular complaint, but, uh, you know, um, since that's been your practice and um, it has not uh, been the subject of complaints in the past, you may want to consider that practice of, of courtesy and grace that you have um, that you have exemplified so far. Appreciate that. Yes. Uh, okay, now to um, the staff report, uh, the substance of it, just a couple of minor things. Um, regarding uh, the um, camera program, I've still been in contact with uh, the manufacturers, and I'm particularly, um, you know, interested in getting this proposal out before August 1st. Um, there's just been a lot of activity in the office, as you can see from the staff report, so um, I'm just still preparing that. I want to make sure that the guidelines are, are appropriate for the industry. Um, additionally, uh, with regards to the audit, um, I did state in the report that a copy would be attached, and I clarified some of the outstanding issues that were brought up in the past. However, I just want to note that um, we have some people coming in for appointments, and um, we're clearing up some of the admonishments that were issued. Um, some people have brought in some evidence that has allowed them to um, clear their, their failures, which is great. You know, that's great. That's what we want to see. So um, we're just not attaching a copy of it until we're satisfied that everybody's been, um, you know, been able to come in and, uh, and clear everything up. And um, many of those people, you know, it was just some technicalities that they needed to address. So we're very pleased with that. Uh, let's see. Additional, um, the salvage vehicle program um, from some prior rules that you passed, you uh, authorized my office to develop a salvage vehicle program. I've been in consultation with uh, Dan Borg of the Ground Transportation Unit at SFO. And uh, it is our intention, um, and this is on Dan's advice, to um, which I support 100%, to have sort of an enhanced program. This is something that Commissioner Onetto had suggested in the past. Additional inspections and then additional information about these vehicles. How did they become salvage? And um, this would demonstrate to the satisfaction of Dan Borg and to others um, that, you know, uh, these vehicles are actually safe for, for um, to be used as commercial vehicles. So we're thinking that a Carfax report, which is a report easily available online, um, which people are probably printing anyways, because if they're buying a salvage vehicle, they probably want to know what happened to it. Um, they're very inexpensive. And then a, an inspection at uh, AAA, because GTU does not have a lift, and it cannot perform those enhanced inspections on its own. So we're, we're going to be rolling that out as well before August 1st. And then uh, questionnaire regarding color scheme changes, we're still um, looking at some specifics on that. That's something that the detail used to do in the past. And so basically anytime someone did a color scheme change, um, they would fill out this questionnaire. This is nothing new. Uh, again, I've checked with the detail. They did this in the past. And so it's, it's nothing that we've made up on our own. Uh, it's just something that would give a little bit of extra information about the medallion, how it's being operated, and um, why is it moving to a company, um, a color scheme company. Um, this is just something that we think would, would uh, solve some of the issues that commissioners have brought up around color scheme changes in the past. So we're looking forward to that as well. But again, I just want to make sure the questions are appropriate before we bring it forward. And um, let's see. We have a number of special events coming up, and I just want to draw attention to one uh, which will occur on uh, August 9th, and it's going to be in Knob Hill. And um, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because um, I'm a personal fan of it, actually, but also because it, it involves automobiles. It's called Gumball 3000, and you may have heard of it. Um, there was a, a movie in the 80s called Cannonball Run. I don't know if anyone else remembers that, but I had HBO when I was a kid, so I do remember it. Um, it was a really bad movie, but it's basically based on um, this idea that all these, you know, really nice cars, like, you know, back back then it was like Porsches, et cetera, 
would race across the country. And so it's now called Gumball 3000. It's, it's not a race. They are very careful to call it a rally, but it goes all over the world. And so they, there's incredible vehicles participating in it. I mean, Bentleys and cars I haven't even heard of. And they're, they're incredible. And they're going to be on display in Knob Hill, uh, on August 9th. So I invite everyone to go and enjoy it. Um, the organizers are amazing. They're out of Britain. And all the vehicles participating this year have to be hybrid or alternative fuel vehicles. So it's especially important uh, that we show support for them um, this year with, with such an important event. And San Francisco is the official kickoff for the rally. So um, please, everyone, enjoy it on August 9th. And uh, that's about it for staff report, unless anyone has any questions. Um, as a final note, however, I would point out um, we've had uh, a number of um, disciplinary cases recently um, it's uh, it's it's really they've been there's been an overwhelming amount both at the board of appeals and, and at the commission level summary suspensions as well as administrative complaints and um, it's it's really it's it's we have a new investigator who started who I've made a point of not bringing here um, because I want her to remain somewhat anonymous in order to conduct her business on those that uh, may feel it necessary to violate the law in order to conduct themselves uh, but. I will say that um, you know we, we really want to help people comply with the rules, but if we can't, then we, we have no choice. We, we have to bring complaints. And we've been absolutely overwhelmed recently, and that's unfortunate, to say the least. So uh, that's about it for my staff report, unless anyone has any questions. Any questions? Yeah, I have a question on uh, the debit card. Uh, yeah. information that you have. You said uh, we received an update. What is the status of this project? Yeah, so uh, Commissioner Gillespie and myself attended a meeting. Um, the debit card uh, program has two parts. One part is the actual central point, um, the system itself, where all the information will come in um, to process the actual, uh, you know, paratransit transactions that are taking place within the cab industry. The other part of the project is known as the ITE, quote unquote, or in taxi equipment. And that is going to be rolling out very soon for everybody except Yellow and Luxor, which are on a different schedule and a different timeline because they already have their own equipment to process credit cards. So with regards to the ITE, uh, an RFP is going to be issued very shortly. Uh, this meeting was to announce the issuance of the, of the um, equipment. And so the commission is, um, has been discussing it a little bit at Rules Committee uh, when we discussed it in context of accepting credit cards. And uh, at the tone of the Rules Committee, um, I believe it was indicated that the intent over, over the long term is for everyone to accept credit cards through this equipment. That would require a, different, a little bit different purchase on behalf of the taxicab companies. The ITE is something that's going to be issued regardless of whether or not this commission or MTA or any future body were to have a requirement of accepting credit cards. Um, but uh, this equipment, the RFP for it, which is a request for proposal for those who don't know, is going to be rolling out very shortly, and a number of um, people are expect or entities rather are expected to bid on that and make an application to produce the equipment. So that's what that is. It's also my intent to schedule a hearing about it as soon as these equipment vendors are picked. It's gone through the technical review process for the central system, and the in-tax equipment is being evaluated right now. So probably one of our next two or three meetings we'll have something. It's very exciting and uh, a lot of good new technology that's coming that everybody will have access to. 
Any other questions, Commissioner Rosen? Um, I, I have some questions, and then I also have announcements. Can I blend them at, at this yeah. time? Okay, thank you. Um, first of all, I, I wanted to note about the uh, taxi wraps, the penguins that were decapitated at <laughs> SFO. Um, I understand that the height now, because of the different cars, are bringing the height of what's advertising on top too high to go through the airport gates. Is that correct? Or? In this case of the decapitations, which were extremely unfortunate, uh, the, uh, to, to say the least, um, the, uh, the vendor of the advertisements actually violated the height restriction, uh. and Clear Channel admitted that because I specifically asked that question as well and was like, well, what, what's going on here? You know, and they said, well, they violated the height restriction, resulting in the decapitations. So okay. I'm informed I, it won't happen I again. heard it was because of the height of the cars, too. Okay. And um, with Macy's stand, uh, I know there's, there's a lot here about ensuring that the taxi stand remains intact, which I agree with. But um, isn't it going further to um, uh, the tour buses uh, and that they need to be moved or, or not? Well, uh, with regards to the taxi stand in front of Macy's, um, there has been an issue with a particular tour bus company utilizing that space unlawfully, specifically utilizing it to conduct itself as a tour bus company rather than making room for um, taxis. SFPD actually sent my office a letter indicating that they witnessed it. They also witnessed an unlawful use of a Segway at that particular um, incident. I contacted the manager of the company. He admitted that a Segway had been in use and that they had been doing that, but also outlined some of the outstanding problems with tour bus companies overall, utilizing some of these loading and staging spaces. So um, what is happening now is there will be a further meeting. Uh, this hearing went forward. There will be a further meeting, and we will be discussing how to solve this problem because we want to preserve the taxi space. Macy's loves the taxi space. And drivers love the taxi space. We hear from drivers all the time. It's, it's a great way to pick up people. And tour buses, if they are utilizing that space, should not be doing so unlawfully and taking business from drivers. So we'll be addressing that. But also and bearing into account that they are, these tour buses are part of the economy as well. Right. And as, as part of my related question, um, are the tour buses under state regulation or are they under even the Taxi Commission regulation or the cities? Yes. Uh, last meeting, I announced to you that, um, you know, since I've become director, I have been looking at a lot of the past laws and past requirements to make sure that we're fully in compliance because it's not my intention to be out of compliance um, with anything that, uh, that takes place. Um, and, and that's in the code. And uh, we are, in fact, responsible for regulating tour buses. This commission is if the trip begins and ends and takes place solely within the corporate limits of this city. That would take most tour buses out of the regulation and regulatory authority of this commission because they all, most of them that I've found so far, and I've looked at a couple of dozen by now and I'm going through the list, most of them go to Vista Point, which is outside the corporate limits. So by including Vista Point in their, uh, you know, their, their uh, tour, um, of the city, they are taking themselves out of our regulation and they are solely within CPUC regulation. And the CPUC does issue them permits. But they um, still begin and end, like the ones at Macy's still begins and ends at be Macy's. But because of the way the code is written, yeah. okay. if they go to Vista Point, if they leave... Talking the about Vista Point on the Golden Gate Bridge? Correct. Well, it's actually That's in Marin County. Yeah. Well, the Marin County line is in the middle of the bridge. The sign is in the middle of the bridge. 
Right. So, so they're out. So they're in. Talking about Vista Point on the other side, on Correct. the Marin side? Oh, That's okay. That's where they go. And I didn't Not believe Not the San Francisco it. Park. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't That's believe Marin, that yeah. they're actually doing that until I ran across the bridge last weekend, and I ran back, and I saw them crossing. So I can verify that at least four of them that I noticed are, in fact, doing that. And I'm, I'm in the process of verifying their claims that they are all going to Vista Point. Even if they lead a charter tour once in a while to another county, as the case is with Mr. Toad's, which is sort of a vintage <laughs> appearing one. That's a very nice company. It's a great company. Since they go to San Mateo on charter once in a while, they are subject to CPUC regulation and not this commission. Oh. Okay, and I just have two last little things. Okay. Um, one, for everyone's knowledge, the Festival of Sales will be this coming week from Wednesday, uh, July 23rd through Sunday, July 27th. Um, that will be all throughout the city. There will be a lot of traffic in here, lots of people here in the city. So I just wanted to let the drivers uh, know that. And then um, my last uh, item is the Charter Reform Working Group. If we could calendar to have a report from them of just what sort of things are coming forward, not to vote on, but just to get an idea. Of, I know they're open to the public, and everyone can go if they want. But um, if it's possible to do that. I think it's our intent to do that at the end, to make a report of everything that we'll discuss and all the topics. A couple of the things have already come to us, actually, are, are going to come and actually being dealt with in the Rules Committee about minimum dispatch size. That committee looked at that issue, too. So some things have already come out of there and are already in the works, and others are a little bit more far-reaching. Like last week, we had four different proposals about the economic structure of the industry, nothing was ever voted on, and so, but we'll definitely calendar a discussion of what happened. I, I think there's either one or two more meetings scheduled for that. Do you want to wait until it's well, over with, well, or do well, you want to have something? Impossible, um, and I don't know if this uh, in any way goes against Sunshine or whatever, but if the commission could be copied on the minutes, the, you know, we get the rules committee minutes, but, um, and maybe those should be copied to all the commissioners, but if the commissioners could be copied on the uh, minutes. Are those posted online? Or? They are posted online, and my, my, um, as I stated at the last meeting of charter reform, or it was actually the, July, the June meeting, June 6th, um, I'm going to do a final report synthesizing all of the recommendations, the discussion, the comments that came out, and then the results of the votes as well. Okay. Um, so that will come out. That will be better than just the minutes because, as you know, the minutes are merely a summary of the actual proceedings. That would be great. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else? Uh, Commissioner Ronetto? Yes. Um, President Gillespie, I'm requesting that we put on the agenda, and since this is an immediate item that's going to happen very soon and it's very urgent, that we put on the agenda the issue of the appropriateness of yellow cab um, requiring prepayments on from their drivers on all the leases. You want to have that at our at our first meeting in well, August? Well, supposedly it's supposed to happen August 15th, so I think it needs to happen at our very next meeting. Okay. I noticed that there was in the report, uh, the director's report, is there anything you want to sort of reiterate that's already in there? Or sure. I, uh, I met with Yellow Cab Management um, in an effort to gather information so that I was fully aware of what proposal they were implementing and why they were doing so. Um, and I want to um, thank uh, Nate Dwery and um, Jim Gillespie for that meeting. Uh, 
I requested some follow-up information, follow-up information, which was also uh, provided in a timely manner. And um, I'm still gathering a lot of information, which I've continued to do. I've been contacted by a number of supervisors' offices and uh, a number of constituents on this issue. It is an issue that I'm watching very closely and um, am continuing to gather as much information as I can so that uh, when we do have a hearing or a, a meeting or um, whatever ends up resulting, um, then you know we have all the information that we need to in order to, to uh, in order to be fully abreast of the situation and take what steps need to be taken if that is the case. Okay, Commissioner Neto, as per your request, that will be agendized for the first meeting in August as a information item. Thank you. Do you have another request you want to bring from the Rules Committee to here? Um, not until we all read the whole thing okay. on that, you know, so. Mr. Benjamin? Yeah, hi. I, uh, I have an announcement to make. Uh, I was contacted today by an inspector who works at nighttime in the police department, uh, a fellow by the name of Jay Newman, uh, who's a real longtime friend and uh, a hardworking uh, individual. He works in general works detail uh, in plain clothes, in uh, a suit and tie normally. Uh, he's an inspector. And he was driving down O'Farrell at, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, at North Fifth, and he witnessed a, a fellow laying in the gutter face down who had fallen out of his wheelchair. And uh, he called me to uh, commend a, a yellow cab driver who was driving uh, vehicle number 784, and I found out from Jim Gillespie that his name is Richard Souza, who for no reason at all, uh, just in the same uh, context as uh, Inspector Newman, uh, he stopped and got out of his cab and uh, helped him. Uh, load this guy back up on into the wheelchair and offered he was so nice he said he offered to give him a ride uh, uh, home and uh, take him and uh, the fellow refused uh, he was a little intoxicated but it was such a nice uh, uh, moment that uh, Jay went out of his way to get a hold of me today so that I could bring this up and I think uh, he should be commended and we might also consider something in the form of a, a way that we could identify cab drivers like this that uh, go out of their way do something above and beyond uh, either a certificate or a, a way of mentioning them uh, on a monthly basis, you know, at a, at a hearing like this or some other way that uh, they can get some recognition for being outstanding citizens like that, you know. And he had no reason to stop other than uh, other people were driving by and ignoring this guy. And it was just Jay and this fellow that stopped to help him out. So I think that's great. Good mention. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Benjamin. Thanks yeah. for bringing that to us. And hopefully we can give it to our staff for our uh, appreciation uh, holiday when we honor cab drivers for various reasons over the yeah. course of the year people commend them for things that they do and we actually do give away some awards so this guy would be a great candidate for that could i could i add something to yeah. that i i really champion that that individual and i think he did go above and beyond but i i also do want to say at this moment i find um many people in distress on the streets and i'm taking advantage of the 311 uh, phone call, which I found uh, very effective. 
I, I've waited the people come to help the individual within five minutes, ten at the most. But they, if, if you're unable to help someone, for example, this individual that uh, the driver helped, I'm sure the driver felt he wished he could have taken him home and he wished he could have done more. And the 311 system enables um, every citizen, every driver, every person, every resident, every visitor to be able to call for help. And, they, and I watch how they help, and, and it's, it's very... Um, very gracious the way it's done. It's nothing heavy-handed, and if you want, if you cannot stop yourself and you see somebody who's in need of help on the streets, call the 311. It works. It really works. Thank you, Commissioner. Any other commissioners? Anything else before well, the public comment? You know, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Commissioner uh, Breslin was correct. We had discussed it, so I think we need to bring forward the issue of tightening up the language on, on leases and the layers that we had discussed in, in, in the uh, Rules Committee. So uh, that's not as urgent as the other one, but it, it still needs to be addressed. So I'm wondering if maybe it should be brought forward along with those. You're the chair, so if it should be brought forward with the rest of those things we had, had, had discussed, or you want to wait until that whole section is finalized? It's up to you. I just recall that at our meeting it seemed that there was a very spirited discussion about it in a sense uh, that there needed to be some clarification at, at that time. I'm, I'm willing to hold off a bit if you think that's uh, I, I a think good position. Probably in the light of the other things that are coming forward. Yeah, in light of what else is going to be happening at the next meeting, I think we can talk this one over again at the yeah. next rules meeting, and then okay. we yeah, can we talk about bringing it forward. We have next meeting, so I think we might. And just fine-tune it a bit more. Okay. okay, I'm going to go to public comment uh, for... I mean, just one more announcement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The next rules committee is August 11th at 1230. And uh, I apologize for putting in my staff report that there was going to be a rules committee on July 25th. When I first prepared the report, that was the intended date, but then it was changed. So August 11th is going to be the next Rules Committee. At 1230? At 1230. Uh, I, I had calendared that for 1030, so 1230. I, I need to make some adjustments that I don't know if I can make. better for me. Anyway. The room is not available. Okay. Uh, I, I'm just saying right okay. now I have a big conflict at 1230. Okay. So um, I'll see what I can do. Okay. I'm going to go to public comment for two minutes on the staff report. And I just want to say we're going to have a special order public comment at uh, 7.30. And those are the only thing that I'm going to take a card for. Anyone else who wants to speak on any other agenda item will just be allowed to speak. But I'm going to take cards for anybody who wants to speak under the uh, item number four. So if you want to do that, make sure you put a card in. Is there anyone who wants to comment on the staff report or commissioner announcements? Please just come up for two minutes. Good evening, commissioners. According to California EDD Employment Development Department, independent drivers or independent uh, contractors should pay 28 shift uh, prepaid lease money so that LOCAB is asking for that money for the drivers, whereas UTW is hiding the facts and distributing the pamphlets and misleading the drivers, UTW says it is illegal to collect the prepaid 20 ships. If it is illegal, why doesn't UTW go to the court and file the case 
and don't mislead the drivers. And the respected commissioners, I have seven copies for you. And please view these papers and please try to, try to distinguish who is wrong, who is right. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, my name is Abdul Baki Gudu. Currently, I'm driving <clears throat> in DeSoto uh, 9012. I'm on an operator. I'm requesting this uh, commission uh, to waive the notice okay. of consent. Gudu, you're yes. asking for a color scheme change, and that that comes. This is not the appropriate. He, he, he actually, I told him to come because what he he wants he came in after the deadline to get on the notice calendar, and so what. What he's asking for is for you to put him on consent calendar next time as an emergency measure. So I told him to come and make that application here so that there was proper notice. Okay. Well, but isn't this about staff report? I know. <laughs> I just, just so that's what he's trying to do. So. I think you should do this under general public comment at yeah. 7:30. Okay. I just want to keep this straight. We'll let you speak in about 25 minutes. You can do the same thing. Jane. Anyone else who wants to speak, just get ready to speak here. Well, I'm very glad to see one of our cab drivers got acknowledged for doing a good deed. And uh, it seems to me that all every day uh, cab drivers are doing good deeds, good, doing good things. But as a general rule, uh, if it's a compliment, the driver receives it. If it's a complaint, 311 hears it. Uh, so... Uh, also, um, in regards to the uh, admonishment that was uh, issued by uh, the Sunshine Committee, um, I, for my part in that, I, I have to say I, I'm sorry. And uh, I also want to say that uh, President Gillespie, in my experience, has been consistently uh, has always attempted to be fair with every single speaker, and and I think that that should be acknowledged. And I also regret that uh, I didn't say anything memorable. <laughs> Thank you. Next speaker. Good evening, President Gillespie. I do see a positive change with how you handled our, the recent uh, speaker. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to uh, first say um, that um, about the prepayment issue, uh, I'm a little concerned that maybe the president of the commission might have to recuse himself because he works at Yellow Cab. And I want to thank uh, Commissioner Ronetto for bringing that topic up and having that appear before the commission. This should have already become before the commission. And the president should, should also be concerned about this different uh, practice going on with drivers at Yellow Cab and uh, whether and the reasoning behind it and should be discussed very, very soon. Um, I also um, would like to say about the Macy's, I, um, I want to thank uh, Pre uh, Vice President Breslin for actually helping put that in place because I had used it during the, the, uh, the holiday season and, and I got a fare in less than 10 minutes almost every time. The problem is, though, is that DPT it does have the job of keeping that clear. And the question is, is maybe that this, you, have to, you need to write a letter or pass a resolution a resolution asking DPT to actually enforce that. That's all you have to do is just have it enforced because it's clearly by, by, by ordinance in this city that says it has to be enforced. And concerning these tour buses, they are licensed 
by the state and the federal government. They have, t they have certain licenses they get from the state, and you can probably write, uh, look, get the license of this tour bus operator and file a complaint with the PUC about them uh, illegally operating in the city by using a taxi zone like this and thinking that they get to use it. Thank you for your time. Thank you. When I get the time and location of the services for our penguins, I'll uh, let the commission know. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. About this free payment plan, everybody see the yellow, what they are asking, and the UTW brochures also out there. The question is, who is superior? Is the California government EDD rule superior or not? The California government rule over here says 28 prepaid shift to stay as independent contractor. And I've been listening some other information from different sources, which is not authenticated yet. Otherwise, they're going to ask the companies to pay the back taxes, which can run into several million dollars. Because if the drivers are employee, the companies have to pay. The issue is if the drivers are employees, they have to pay six and a quarter percent social security tax, Medicare, and other expenses. We don't do that way. We do it as an independent contractor, a different rate and different system. So are we employees or are we independent contractors? Are we under city rules or are we under state of California rules? Out of 1,400, 1,500, not 1,500 yet, 1,400 some cabs, roughly about 600 cabs are out there already on a long-term lease basis. This 600 cab don't mean long-term lease mean that they are pre-K. They are not all pre-K. Like the somebody who owns the medallion, you find somebody else and say, okay, I give you my cab, and you drive it for so many shifts and get a second driver with you, but I will cover my shifts, which are required by law. And he take the whole month in advance. If we say, okay, you have to take it gate and gas, then that independent country, I mean, the owner, the medallion owner, who is just taking the yellow color or any company color, that means his cab has to go to yellow counter to collect the money. He cannot operate as an independent medallion owner after that. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, good evening, Commissioners. Mark Ruberg, and I want to comment on um, the, uh, the comments of the commissioners on this prepayment plan in, in response to Commissioner Oneto's request uh, to calendar this. I noticed that uh, President Gillespie said that this would be calendared as an information item, which is a guarantee that the commission, even if it wished, cannot take a position on this uh, brutal, exploitive uh, uh, plan uh, before um, it goes into effect. Even if you conclude that it's absolutely illegal, even if you conclude that drivers are going to lose the rights and benefits that they now have under the law to workers' compensation uh, and unemployment, even if you conclude that this is an illegal security deposit uh, in violation of the law, in violation of a court injunction, this commission will not be able to make that finding and come up to that, come up with, with, with a resolution stating that be, if this goes on the calendar as an information item. Now, 
this could very well and easily have been on this agenda. It could even have been on previous agendas. This has been going on for uh, a couple of months now. Uh, this, is, this happens to be a, a, a pretty light agenda. There was plenty of room for this issue. It's one of uh, the most important issues that has come down the path in, in years in this industry. Uh, all of the work that this commission has put in on getting workers' compensation, getting companies in line with workers' compensation, all the hearings, all the time spent, all the energy, all of that could be out the window if Yellow Cab succeeds and other companies follow suit. So this is not being treated with the seriousness it deserves. Anyone else? This will be the last speaker on this. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Bill Manji, taxi driver, San Francisco. Um, people come up to me because they know I come to this commission and talk, and they tell me things that bother them. And this yellow cab thing that's going down is the number one issue people come and tell me to talk about here. I don't drive for yellow. I haven't driven for yellow in years. But the bottom line is everybody, everybody is talking about how they can't afford it. Now, there's something afoot here. Yellow is doing something here. Why do they need this money all of a sudden? Why is it now? The, the full, the full uh, issue hasn't come up yet. And uh, I'm afraid that there's something going on here. And, and every other cab company will follow suit when this passes or if it passes. And uh, drivers are really, really scared about this amount of money they've got to put up. A lot of them can't afford it. So what happens? They, do they fire those guys? They get rid of those people? That's something very important that's got to be considered. And I wish, like, um, like the previous speaker said, this would be agendized as an action item because it's, uh, it's very important that this gets sorted out really fast. Thank you. Chairman Gillespie, commissioners, I'm glad we have a quorum here today. I see there's three of uh, commissioners not here. But I will say this. How did it come to pass over the past nine years, with this commission being in effect, that the control of the taxi business now is in the hands of the actual taxi firms and not the commission? To make the rules as they please, and even if Yellow goes ahead with the so-called prepayment, that doesn't abrogate the fact that every cab firm just about in San Francisco owes unemployment insurance going back X number of years based on a Santa Cruz ruling of 1991. And that this commission has yet to ever enforce that under any rule. I, when I worked for Big Dog, had to sue unemployment insurance through the appeal court to get unemployment insurance because they had not made a payment since they'd been in existence for any employee outside of the people that work for them on an hourly basis. I bring that to your attention because it's something that you've totally ignored for X number of years. While the yellow turns around and attempts to extort money from drivers is basically what they're doing. It's like an extortion racket. You want to work, you pay. And I agree that this is a system that could go to other cab companies if it doesn't fail or is stopped by this commission, is not stopped by this commission. Because I think what it is is that 
it's almost criminal what they're doing. It's not that a taxi driver makes a lot of money. He doesn't make a lot of money. And they're forcing him to pay money that he doesn't have in order to work. While commissioners don't show up at commission meetings, sit here idle, and just watch all of this, while the taxi firms in the city and county of San Francisco sit back and run the business for you, make the rules for you, set the gates for you by pressuring on an annual basis that they're broke and not making any money. It just goes on and on and on. I thank you for thank your you. time. Anyone else? Okay, next item. Next item is the consent calendar. And uh, this is an action item. I would like to read in admonishment. All matters listed here under constitute a consent calendar are considered to be routine by the commission and will be acted upon by a single roll call vote of the commission. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the commission so requests, in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item. And there is a memorandum for this, commissioners. Um, so, Excuse me. Uh, can I ask Mr. Owen? Mr. Owen, we have four people here, and there's a couple of recusals on yellow and luxor items. Are we able to consider those tonight? No. Item B2 and item B3, color scheme changes, and D1. Will be continued. It's very unfortunate. But well, I, I have to recuse myself, and so does Commissioner Benjamin. So those are going to have to be continued. To the August 12th meeting. Okay, so B2, B3, and D1, anyone who's here on those, they will be continued to the August 12th meeting due to the lack of a quorum on those items. Were these individuals to be recused? My uh, apologies to Mr. Ayeri, especially Ashwani, and to the others who aren't, pardon me? Yes, he is. It's really unfortunate. Okay. Um, Yes, I think we'll make it clear. Um, one moment, please. Yeah. Okay. Item A will also be continued because, yeah. Um, there was a typographical error. It should say the July 8th minutes. Okay. Instead of June 24th. So that'll be continued. Yeah. So that leaves B1, B4, the C items, and D2. And okay. you have a memorandum. On D2? Correct. Would you like to present that, or are you just comfortable with us having that? I'm comfortable with you having it. Um, the staff... Uh, conducts those audits and investigations. That's that's why we have that investigator staff to perform that. Um, so th they prepared that research and, and investigation, and I reviewed it with them. So that's why I've presented it to you. Okay. Okay, I'm going to take public comment on the consent calendar. Is anyone that wants to speak on any of the agenda items on the consent calendar for one minute? Paul, are we severing D2? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yes, D2 will be 
will be severed. Hi, Richard. Richard Hybels. Um, I don't know how interested you are in why people come and take their medallions to different companies and so forth, but asking a medallion holder to leave a company is kind of unheard of, but I've had to do that three times in the last six months. And on the application, they always put this glowing thing about how great it's going to be at the next company, which kind of reflects poorly on me, which I don't particularly appreciate. In the case of Mr. Rokich, I asked him to uh, go elsewhere and um, found out later that he'd already applied, so it was kind of a mood issue at that point. Um, you might want to consider changing the question on the application if you're really interested in why people go change companies and so forth. Just out of curiosity, why did you ask him to leave your company? Uh, four accidents in a year. The last one was a pedestrian. Okay, thank you. Next speaker. Uh, are we addressing B or any of the items? Any of the items on yeah, the consent I'm addressing, uh, Hello, commissioners. Thank you for taking the time. I'm addressing C4, Dean Najdawi. Dean Najdawi has been traveling for several months. Uh, he applied for a regular gasoline-powered uh, medallion 15 years ago, um, and I'm here to represent him because he's, he's absent from the country. I'm requesting that he be present and that this be continued so that he can present his case um, because he's being uh, considered f to be removed from this list. I think that uh, uh, under two things, uh, you know, when he applied, he wasn't told that he was going to be pushed onto an alternative fuel. And at the time, he did not have a, a medallion nor an A card. And those were not the rules at the time when he did apply for that particular, um, for this particular uh, medallion. As such, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, if he, and I know the rules now have changed. The rules have changed so that you have to have an A card and have be driving for four years with a one-year waiver. And so I'm requesting that he be present to present his case. He'll be returning here towards the end of August, and I'm asking that he's allowed to come in. I'm willing to, to continue this till he comes back to the country. If, May I ask how, yes. how long has he been traveling? He has been traveling for three and a half months. The first okay. notice he arrived was May 19th. Uh, I, just, I, I was looking for years versus sure. this month. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How long is the... Uh, do you know how long it's been since he's driven a cab? He has not driven a cab. That's the reason he had applied for the medallion in the first place, a regular gasoline-powered medallion. That I'm was saying, a, do you know America. how long it's been since he's driven a cab at I all? do not have that information. I did not know him 15 years ago. So I'm not, I don't have all the info with me. I got this notice uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, letting me know that this was the hearing, so I came to present the case and provide you the information I have already. Oh. Okay, he's going to need to understand that he has to have driven three of the previous four years, but I'm willing to continue th this removal pending his return to the country and allowing him to explain to our staff. We'll just continue this. There's any, are there any objection? When is he back? The end of August. Is the it? end of August. I'm willing to continue that. He'll be returning no on objection. August 28th. He'll be back August 28th? Correct. The first meeting in September is the 12th? That's fine. We'll continue it till then. And you can, he needs to come to our office as soon as he gets back in the country. I'll let him know that. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good day. So item C4 will be continued. Kudu, you want to be on the next agenda item? Oh, the next item. Yeah. It's 7.30, so yeah. that's fine. It's almost there. Almost there. Charles. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, on the uh, matter of uh, Mr. Ayiri's uh, medallion, uh, I mean, he's waited many years, so another couple of weeks is not going to... Uh, 
be the end of the world, but I really wonder what is the uh, potential conflict of interest? You know, the uh, Commissioner Gillespie is a driver at Yellow Cabin. How can it uh, possibly make a difference? I wish you would review that, uh, that uh, recusal thing. Uh, more generally, on the uh, medallion, uh, uh, people changing from one color scheme to the other. Uh, in the uh, recent months, uh, we uh, told you that uh, we were seeing uh, uh, substantial uh, 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 sums of money used to lure uh, medallion holders uh, uh, away from, particularly from uh, companies like Luxor. At that time, we were talking about $5,000. I think later we talked about uh, $10,000. Surprise, surprise, it's still going up a bunch. So, you know, one of these days you might want to take a look at, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what's actually going on financially behind this. Thank you. I just have a quick question. Uh, item D2, is this the time to bring up discussion on that item, or will there be a time that you're going to bring it up in the discussion? Right now. Right now. Thank you. Are you here to speak on D2? No, I'm not at this moment. Thank you. Yeah, are you Richard Healy? Jordan Elias. Oh, okay. Richard Healy is, oh, D2. Yeah. D2, okay. Yes. Hi, I'm here to talk about D2. Andy Sinaiko, mm -hmm. one minute is really not enough. Um, I think there's a lot of fraud in the industry, and I appreciate the staff doing all this work. The medallion holders are involved in some of the fraud. We've seen Dan Noyce on Channel 7 rent a helicopter and fly over mansions of people who have medallions who've never driven and things like this. Uh, and we've had revocations of medallion holders who've falsified waybills, and the Medallion Holder Association has supported that. However, not every rock has a snake under it, and it seems like staff has a little bit of a paranoid out mindset towards people like Andy Snyko, who's a career driver, and I hope we'll approve this tonight. I think all the discrepancies in the uh, staff work are explainable. Everyone makes mistakes. Uh, GTU uh, it's notorious for mistakes on, on their documents the first couple of years, which probably coincides with this. Uh, drivers can drop at the airport, go through the transponder, and leave empty, and that would explain why it's not on the way bill. The DeSoto way bill situation is explainable as well, but I'm out of time now. Thank you. Commissioner, I just wanted to comment on uh, D2 on Eddie Sinaiko. Uh, uh, as most of you know, I, my, most of my career was spent at DeSoto Cab, uh, and uh, Andy started dispatching DeSoto Cab. I mean, you know, he was driving well before that, but dispatching in 1984, and, um, and in spite of the fact that uh, you know, he, he didn't always uh, give me airport trips, I'd like to still support him uh, on getting his medallion. And uh, he's been a great uh, addition to the industry, both as a dispatcher and a driver. And uh, um, so I just kind of want to give my recommendation to uh, Andy Sinaiko. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Graham Molyneux. I'm a San Francisco taxi driver. I'm lucky enough to be a colleague of Andy Sinaiko. He joined the industry in 79, moved to Soto in 83, where he still is. And his contribution to the San Francisco taxi industry has been immense. He has put thousands of new drivers on the road to success, and the public absolutely adore him, and they've been really happy. I meet them in my pack cab all the time. Oh, we're so nice that we're, we're meeting Andy Sinaiko nowadays. He's been driving for the last couple of years almost on a full-time basis. And uh, 
he, he deserves his medallion. I urge you, commissioners, do the city a favor. Give him his medallion. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you. I hope you did. Commissioners, I would just like to say this. Um, I've known Andrew for a number of years, and I've seen him in the taxi business for as long as I've been in, which is 12 years. For somebody to go through his way bills and find five or 10 or 15 that are kind of not proper, you can go through any set of way bills in this city on any taxi driver driving 12 months a year and find 10 to 15 that are out of line. And I, for one, also, on some given days that I'm at the airport, can't recall whether I was there today in the morning or the afternoon, and I put it down and only find out it was yesterday I was there in the afternoon. So those type of mistakes are erroneous, inadvertent mistakes, and I wouldn't hold that against the man. He obviously is a well-seasoned taxi driver. He's been in the industry for a number of years. He likes the business, and that's the type of person you want to drive and have his own medallion. It's as simple as that. All the other things are side issues. I thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, I'll try to be specific. Um, there were supposed discrepancies in the times that Andy went out and the time that the person before him uh, went out and came back. The person before him was Phil Ward, who, was, who sometimes dispatched. Uh, the, part of the blame is on us at DeSoto because uh, we haven't always been as diligent as we should be about stamping waybills in the proper way. And we are we're certainly going to tighten that up because the last thing we want to do is hurt a tremendous asset to this company in this industry like Andy. Uh, there are also citations for supposedly claiming airport trips. Uh, one, here's a, November 26, 2006, five trips. Um, the GTU recorded his cab taking trips at 1929, 1932, 1936 from the airport. Wow, that's a fast cab driver. Um, the, I, I think perhaps uh, part of the problem. Thank you, Jane. That, okay. President Gillespie, I wanted to uh, say the um, color scheme change you're, you're uh, continuing to next meeting to SF Taxi and the one week, uh, the one the next meeting. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I am concerned that they're going over there to go under an uh, a, uh, actual additional layer situation. There's a situation going on there. And um, I am concerned that you try and figure out how to monitor that because there are a number of taxis that are falling under a, a um, quasi-manager situation. And, uh, and I'm a little concerned. He's, he quoted in his color scheme change, the one on this week's agenda for the continuance. Uh, he, he said he wants to be with his friends and a, a, a more professional environment. You don't think Luxor is a professional environment? <laughs> so I appreciate you, you really look at those two color scheme changes to SF Taxi more cautiously before you grant it. And in closing, I'm concerned about whether the <coughs> SF Taxi, the SFO trips, are trips from the airport or to the airport. And uh, I, I am concerned about that last one. How could he be there three minutes and then, Thank and you. then four minutes after that? Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, if, you'd, if you'd like to speak, if there's going to be any questions, I'm not sure if there's going to be any questions or not. But if you'd like to make a... 
if you want to talk now, you can speak if you want to. Otherwise, you won't have to unless there's questions. Uh, Mark Kruberg, I just have a brief comment, and I have not been through the materials on Andy Sinegu. I, I don't have uh, uh, an idea or position one way or the other on, on his medallion because I simply haven't reviewed it. But, uh, but just on a procedural note, I wanted to note that there are only four commissioners here. And um, uh, there was a previous occasion where there was a green cab application that I felt that we were substantially prejudiced by the fact that there wasn't a full commission. And if it turns out that um, there is going to be a vote against Mr. Sinaiku or, 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 or a failure of a vote in favor simply because of the uh, absent absences on this commission or that that he might possibly have succeeded if those people were here, I would hope that you would then continue it to another meeting and not simply uh, deny him on that basis. It, essentially, he needs a unanimous vote at this point. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Are there any, do any commissioners have any questions about D2 or want to ask Mr. Seneca any questions? This is a question for City Attorney Owen. Can you offer Mr. Sinaiko any, any, well, I know this is kind of weird, but, you know, I want to make it clear to him that if there's one no vote here, it, it's, it fails. So I, I don't know if he would consider wanting to ask for a, a continuance or, you know, so, you know, whether we go through this tonight or not, you know, we've, we've done this with these other ones that we, we haven't had enough people to vote for the, the transfer to yellow cab and, and whatnot. So if we shouldn't allow him the opportunity to ask for a continuance when there's more commissioners there. That's what my, through, my, my question. <laughs> through the chair, I can confirm that any action has to be unanimous tonight. Well, no. if, if there's one no vote, it doesn't mean it fails. It means it doesn't pass. It, it does fail. It okay. does right. fail. It, does it takes fail. four affirmative votes to pass. Well, I'd like to hear a little discussion action. before we even But we could to continue, continue it. Yeah. Well, well, we could continue. That's, that's, what I'm that's what I'm saying here is I want to afford well, him the opportunity. Let's get the cards on the table here. If anyone continue. has questions of Mr. Sinaiko, I'd like to have them asked. Okay. Okay. Well, Does anyone have any questions well, about this application? I'm ready to I, vote. I would like to hear at least one minute from Mr. Sinaiko unless he doesn't want to speak. It's um, fine. You know, you, you're, it's only the one minute for the public comment that we're asking. But well, so, in the event we have a question of you. Sure. We have that opportunity. Uh, Andy Sinaiko, proud DeSoto cab driver and radio dispatcher for the last 25 years. First, I just want to thank all the people that spoke up on my behalf. It meant a lot to me. Um, I didn't see this posting on the commission website about my way bills until this last Saturday. Uh, I met with Mr. Miss Sue and Mr. Leon, the two investigators, on the 8th and the 9th of July for over three hours. Uh, we went through every single way bill that they, in which they thought there was some kind of a discrepancy. I had a good explanation for every single one of these. Some don't even concern my way bills. They have to do with other, other drivers' way bills. Um, and I actually left that meeting with the impression that 
I had satisfied their concerns, and they said nothing to me to lead me to believe that I hadn't. So needless to say, I am sitting here not only stunned, but I have to say somewhat appalled to find myself, you know, looking at a document that says that I committed fraud. Um, I'm prepared to defend every one of these allegations point by point. Um, if you want, I'd be needs, more than happy to, to do ask, that. Someone needs to ask a question to ask him to continue. Oh. I don't have any questions of Mr. Sinaiko. I Okay. How can I phrase this? Do you understand that the only documentation I have before me right now says that you did commit fraud? And, uh, you know, you fraudulently right. filled out waybills. Uh, yes. That's the only documentation I have in front of me right now. Right. And you have me standing in front of you pre prepared to defend every single point in that document. Do you have documentation to refute this? Yes, absolutely. I mean paper to, for yes. me to see. Yes. Got a little projector here. I'm all ready to, to lay it out for you. I, I, see, what my issue is right now is that we don't have um, Scott here. That's my problem. That's my biggest problem. I, I, you know, I, I, I want to have the other end of this. You know, so uh, uh, it's too difficult for me to make a decision without having the person that's bringing the charges here. Scott's on vacation right now, but he'll be back by the next meeting. <clears throat> well, I think also. Vicky's here. I think also in his uh, interest that uh, because we, it has to be unanimous on our part, and with three other commissioners missing, I agree with what you said before that maybe we should continue this, not to delay anything for you, but just to give you the benefit of the doubt that when you do uh, confront someone who's accusing you of this. I mean, from my my end also, I'm like Tom. I'm looking at this and saying, well, if you did all these things uh, falsely, then I don't want you to have a medallion. And without really accepting, I mean, you can talk to me. I didn't to your do any of face. these things. I didn't do any of these things. I mean, but some of the things that, that are said to be on my waybills are indeed on my waybills, but there's a totally complete, absolute locked solid explanation for every one of them which for some reason uh you know these investigators chose not to uh accept on my part i guess because i thought uh, you know i thought i had totally explained everything to them and here i am defending myself in front of you guys you know um i no i you know that's fine i understand why you would say that but uh well, you, you know, I'm also, as I said before, I am prepared to defend every one of these point by point right here and now. I can come back in two weeks. I'll probably have my lawyer with me at that point. Uh, that's fine with me also. I also, you know, I understand the thing about only, there are only four commissioners here tonight, right. and I'm not crazy about necessarily the, taking a chance on one of the commissioners voting against okay. it. Through the chair, can we get an example of some of the discrepancies as far as a, uh, I mean, could we ask staff to provide uh, either some documentation that actually shows that this is a, you know, a real uh, fraudulent type of entry or something like that. I mean, just just the fact that these are stated kind of leaves us uh, with a one-sided opinion on this thing. And uh, if we're to look at, I remember some other way bills that we saw had the person picking up the same person or uh, at the exact same location going to point A to point B, and that that stunk. You know, in my opinion, it didn't look like it was a righteous type of way to fill out any way, Bill. But uh, the ones that I see here, I mean, if if this is clearly 
uh, a case where it looks like it's uh, phony baloney, then I think we should see something in our hand also if we're going to make that decision right now. Yeah. Um, I, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, if, you know, uh, to answer Commissioner Onetto, um, you know, he wants to see this stuff in writing. Could I, can I present in writing, you know, between now and the next uh, commission meeting, you know, my response to these allegations? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And have you all see them? Yeah. I can't. Well, that's the most efficient way to do it if we're not going to move forward with the approval of this tonight. So if you're I just willing to do that, um, uh, okay. yeah. hopefully you understand from the memo what the exact dates are in question and you'll be able to respond uh, effectively with the information that you have before us here. Mm -hmm. I just want to go on record for a couple of statements. One, I, I, I t am objecting to a conclusion here in, in the summary that was given us where it says if all of these waybills are found to be fraudulent, it is possible that all waybills submitted are the same. I think that's a huge leap, and I, I, I don't, don't like it even being there as a, a summation. Secondly, I've heard from a number of people out here from from sides that usually aren't in agreement about this gentleman here, people who usually are, are at odds with each other, all saying that this gentleman has, has been driving for 25 years and is a good driver. So if we need to continue it in order for him to get his due, then I, I will say let's go ahead and continue it. But I do believe that you, you've been a good driver uh, from everything I've heard tonight, and I do believe in administrative errors. And it's no fault of the staff except for leaping to conclusions, which I would like to um, just caution them from doing things like that in the future. Yeah, I have to uh, align myself with that comment also. Can I just clarify that statement? I actually questioned that myself. And what that they indicated to me and what that statement is to mean is that it's not to mean every single waybill in the history of him turning in waybills are meant to be fraudulent, i.e. the same. It's meaning that if the ones that they highlighted here are found to be fraudulent, then he would not meet the requirement. And they were not very clear in their – I asked them to be more clear in that statement, and clearly they, they were not. So that's not saying that every single waybill for three years is fraudulent. And I would, I would accept the statement you just gave me. Yeah, um, And, and I, I hope that in the future those statements are, are, are really clearly um, recorded. Thank you. Can I add something to that? Commissioner? Uh, yeah, I think. Okay. Well, I just want to, first of all, I want to thank uh, Commissioner Breslin. I felt the same way about that statement. And I just want to mention that this, the CAB Commission staff had my waybills for over 50 days, which I believe may be, and I don't know if it's, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know the history of the thing. I know that's far longer than they look at the waybills of almost anybody else who comes through this procedure. You know, if they're insinuating that, first of all, these are not fraudulent items. I've already said that. But even, you know, this insinuation that there may be other problems with my waybills if these prove to be true, you know, bring them out. They, they have 50, they've had my waybills. Now they've had them for 60 days, I believe. Okay, well, <clears throat> so. Let's just ask who's not comfortable voting tonight. And if, if any one of us is not comfortable voting tonight, then I would vote for a continuance. I'm not. 
you would like okay. to. That's the whole thing. See, I okay. want to be fair okay. to Mr. Sinaiko, but I, I, I also have a responsibility to the city. Okay. I don't have everything in front of me. That's fine. <laughs> Without so, objection, this item will be continued to our next uh, first meeting in August, and hopefully as soon as possible you can set up a time when our investigator is back that we can, that you can go over these uh, discrepancies and make your case with our well, staff. Is that who I have? Because I've already made my case with them. No. I, don't, I don't quite understand I, that. I, I think we're looking for something. Well, if I might um, say that the reason that we're hearing this on this agenda item and not the last is because if Mr. Snyko knows... And while we never get any credit for doing anything, I just want to say that we did continue it to this meeting so that we could meet with you and go over it. And they did meet with you, as you will recall, right. rather than just springing it on you at the last meeting. We decided, okay, I said in fairness to him, we should give him an opportunity to explain himself. And that is true, and that is the conversation that we had, President Gillespie, as well. As you'll recall, I specifically asked you, should we continue this item so that we can give him an opportunity to explain himself? We did do that. So we've done that. Now the question is, he wants to refute some of the things even after the explanation was given and what their work shows, which well, is no problem. He hasn't seen this memo where we detail what our problems are with his application. Correct, but all of these things were gone over with him. But that's fine. That's fine. We can do it again, and he can bring forth any documents he, want, he wants, and we can attach it to the agenda for next time. He can present it. The only thing is that we would need to get it in enough time to put it on the agenda. So we usually prepare the packets on the Wednesday before the hearing. In this case, that would occur on August 6th. So we would need to get everything in our office by August 6th in order to have it for the commissioners for their packet, okay? And if you wanted to go over anything, to explain anything, so that we don't have a hearing over this particular issue that lasts for two hours, and you want us to have some clarification and organize the documents for you appropriately, we're more than happy to do that as a courtesy to you. We would just need to get them before August 6th so that we can have time to prepare the documents. Okay. Um, okay. Hang on. Oh, and, Mr. President, this should be... Calendar is a separate item. Don't put it on the consent calendar if you're going to have an extended discussion because otherwise the parties are limited okay. in the amount of time they can right. speak, and that doesn't okay. sound like how you want to handle this. Okay, well, this will be calendared for our next uh, first meeting in August as a full agenda item. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. So both... Items on D have been continued. C4 has been continued. B2 and 3 have been continued. Is there a motion on all the other consent calendar items? Motion to approve. Is there a second? I'll I have a me. comment before you vote no. on it. No, I'm sorry. All I'll in favor? Aye. Aye. Consent calendar passes. I'm sorry, public comment is closed. There will be public comment at the end of the meeting as well. What? Uh, okay. Okay. Public I have a, comment I have, in two okay. seconds here. A question. I'm sorry, public comment is closed on this. Agenda. It's not a public comment. It's a question. Why weren't we... Please, this is not an appropriate time for you to ask this. The appropriate time was to raise this question during under public comment. This has been continued. No decision has been made tonight on this. It's been continued to the first meeting in August. Okay, I'm sorry that it, we went past 7.30. Do I have all the cards for people who want to speak on the public comment? I have just three right now, so if you don't have one, we're, you're not going to be able to speak. 
Is there anyone else who wants to speak under the next half hour public comment? I'm going to wait one more minute. Okay, the public comment. This is, section is closed now. If I don't have your card. Okay, well, please, just all you need to do is write your name and the number on the card, which I said 45 minutes ago. Okay, Gudu, you're first. Yes, he's been waiting. Three minutes. I, th I think the, uh, hang on just a second, I need to turn the microphone on. Three minutes. We're going to go to, for these five. I think uh, my name is Gudu. Uh, I'm owner operator, DeSoto 9012. I'm just requesting to have the notice of consent calendar uh, for me to move to my medallion to the Arrow Cab Company. Uh, the reason with that is suddenly uh, my favorite company raised the gate to 40%, so I cannot afford to continue to stay with the company. Uh, and at the same time, I have been noticed, and uh, the notice was not enough. And at the same time, also, my car was the last leg. I bought a brand new car, so I'm really in a limbo situation to stay for a few weeks to DeSoto and repaint it again, too, when I move to Arrow. So consider this economic burden and allow me to waive this constant calendar and to move on a consideration of the color scheme change for the next uh, calendar date. Okay. Um, Director Thigpen, do you have any problem with him coming here tonight and asking for this and putting it on the consent calendar? For I, I told him to come because he came in literally like right after the agenda had already been mailed out. And I said, just come and make your application. You know, that way there would be notice to the public because I don't like to have these emergency votes, you know, right. so I thought it would be more appropriate if he actually came and made his request verbally. Okay, well, we'll consider this to be appropriate notice tonight, and we'll have you on the next consent calendar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Barry Toronto, and then uh, Marcos Tefese. And then President Gillespie, I like your strictness now. Keep it up. It will keep the meetings in order, and it will prevent the circus that continues to go on here. However, I was really disappointed that you did not show up this afternoon at the Sunshine Task Force meeting because the issues involved your actions and your behavior and not those of Director Thigpen, who did a fantastic job today in her presentation. She did a great job, and she asked questions, and she got some direction. However, it would have been great if you were there to actually hear it and, and understand for yourself how, how you and no other prior president has let this be become a circus and a way for people to attack each other. So I'm hoping from now on that you, that you stop this and make this work more smoothly. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. The next issue is I talked to a, um, a color scheme holder who told me there's a problem with getting these alternative fuel vehicles, that there's an issue. And I suggest you schedule a meeting, maybe even the first meeting, to have a little information session on how they're doing and get, on getting these vehicles. Because I think, I think uh, you need to re relax. Because uh, if you talk to managers, they'll tell you there's, there's, that the prices have gone up in these vehicles, and now, and now that the, uh, the, the gate increases have not actually been able to cover the, the increased cost of buying these vehicles, because many, many of them have to buy them new, because there's not a lot of used vehicles out there. I'm, I'm not an expert in this area, but I, I'm a little concerned that you at least uh, uh, look into this topic. The next issue is they're going to uh, possibly do these Sunday streets. Uh, and I've heard, you've heard about the August 31st, September 14th. 
and unfortunately staff supported it, but I think it's going to be a detriment to the cab drivers in access to certain areas. And I'm hoping that uh, if it does t uh, going to take place, I think Peskin's going to try and stop it, that, um, that, that, w that there's some information out there to cab drivers or a prior discussion at the last meeting in August to discuss this issue. Regarding credit cards, I'm a little concerned about this credit card issue because a lot of the companies have a procedure of how to deal with this, the large ones, but the small ones don't. And I think it's important that you maybe look at allowing for a, an extra fee. You go to a gas station, you pay more money for gas when you use a credit card than when you use cash. And I think cab drivers should be allowed to do this. And the la I think the last issue right now for me is, is there was some discussion uh, where you had a cab company representative come up and ask to have some color scheme applications change the wording. I think it's important for you not to allow this to take place in public, but the fact that, that because of threat of a possible lawsuit against individuals, but look at them to the allegations. I mean, there has been a number of transfers from DeSoto Cab for certain reasons, and I think it's important to look into these concerns rather than just dismiss them. These, I've looked at many color scheme applications and the reasons on them. And usually people don't write the reasons down unless there's some validity or some concern. And, and the thing is, I think, I, think, I think it was highly unusual that, that someone went, went up here and got you in, in public and took the commission's time to look into this issue, to, to change the application. Thank you. Thank you. Marcos Tefese and then Bill Monsi. Yeah, good evening. I'm Marcos Tefese. Uh, I had a, an unfortunate accident on April 24th. My cab was really totally banged up, and it took about almost two months to repair the car. And the due date in GTU was July 1st, uh, brake inspection. And I went there July 2nd. They told me I have to pay $250 fee. Uh, I thought it was inappropriate for them to uh, fine me $250. The second issue was uh, I've talked to a, a number of cab drivers at the airport. There is a, a machine that has... Uh, uh, the airport card has to be reloaded at the machines at the airport. The machines often fail to reload and the card give out a refund receipt. The drivers must fill out a form and turn it in with the, with the receipt and the refund is mailed to the driver in the form of a hard check. There are literally hundreds of refund forms not yet processed by the airport or the city county of San Francisco. It takes six months to get the refund. In some cases, the refund is in the amount of $100, which means this is a serious issue. Uh, myself, I've, I've put $20 and never got any uh, refund on it. We drive a demand that the machines be fixed to limit the amount of refund for failed transactions. If the machines cannot be fixed, we taxi drivers demand that the, uh, a new subcontractor be used who can deliver a functioning product. In the meantime, the airport, not the curbside company, must hire a part-time employee to assist both mingle and process the refund forms in a timely manner. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Bill Monsi and Mark Gerberg. Evening again, Commissioners. Um, I'm going to talk about limousines again. Uh, I had uh, somebody get in my taxi at the airport the other day, and she told me no less than five different individuals approached her at the baggage uh, roundabout and asked her if she wanted to have a nice ride to San Francisco in a limousine. 
And, you know, that, that's way out of control. I mean, what is the problem with the airport? Don't they uh, police anything out there? And also, San Francisco now, I would say San Francisco has taken at least 25% of my business away with limousines. And it's not a joke. I mean, it's like you can departmentalize it in your head and say, well, you know, it's just, it's just uh, limousines. Who cares? It's not. It's my business. And you're supposed to be here to represent me as a taxi driver and do something. You do nothing. Nobody on this commission does anything about the limousines. And I am suffering. You could add another 50, 100 medallions if you got rid of the limousines. But nobody does a thing. And it's really sickening. It really is. With the gate increase and the gas increase, I got nothing for any, I get no compensation for any of that. It's costing me a lot more money to drive my taxi. And I'm losing at least $7,500 a night. Thank you. Uh, Mark Ruberg and Tariq Mahmoud and Emil Lawrence. Uh, good evening again, Mark Ruberg, and I want to return to the theme of the uh, yellow cap um, uh, scheme, which I think is of overriding importance uh, at this moment. And um, I, I, first I want to mention the fact that uh, you have here a room that's pretty bare drivers. You're not hearing from drivers on this. I can absolutely guarantee you, that, and, and I think the president is aware, that this is causing incredible foment and anxiety among drivers at Yellow Cab. They won't come down here to talk about it, by and large. Uh, first of all, because uh, I, I don't think they want to stand up where their bosses can see them and say that. I know that because drivers have told me that. And second of all, frankly, I don't think that very many drivers have much faith in this commission doing anything much good for them. So um, don't take their silence to mean anything except that fact. Um, I want to touch upon the economic aspects of this because I talked about some of the legal aspects of this. Drivers are being asked to take out of their pockets or are being asked and are being coerced uh, into taking out of their pockets uh, close to $2,000 to drive four shifts a week. This is an incredible economic blow. Uh, to, to most drivers. Many of them simply will not be able to afford it. Who knows what, you know, the fate, uh, their fate will, will be. Uh, and, and where does it go? It goes into some bank account uh, of yellows. They're saying they're going to keep it in an account. Of course, nobody's ever going to be able to look at their books to see what they're actually doing with it. They're not saying they ever pay a penny of interest on it. You work there for 20 years, they're going to have $2,000 of yours all along. And at the end of that 20 years, when your money is worth a half or a quarter of what it was in the first place, you'll get that piece of it back without any interest at all. Uh, this is, you know, economic oppression of the worst kind. And, and um, you know, they're giving drivers no choice. I mean, you know, do this or, 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 or you, you know, I suppose you're not going to have your shift. Maybe you won't have, have your job. Um, you know, and... 
they are misrepresenting to drivers the actual issue because what they're, they're telling them is in order to preserve your status as an independent contractor, we have to do this. And then they're putting up these materials from the Employment Development Department, truncated materials, uh, selected materials, that, that you know, trying to, to push this idea that you really are an independent uh, contractor and leaving out the, the part of the materials that, that show that the driver, in fact, under the regulations and, and, and decisions, is, is not an independent contractor. And what, in fact, they're trying to do is take away those employee rights that drivers actually have at the moment. Thank you. Tariq Mahmoud and Emil Lawrence. Let me the last speaker. Good evening, commissioners. On the same subject, once again, it's accused one side, but they don't accuse themselves. Don't look inside there. They also published a UTWA pamphlet where they took the part which suits to them, but not the whole message. Whatever is on EDD three pages, put all the three pages out so everybody see what's right and what's wrong, number one. I tried to push them yellow for the deadline before, and I succeeded. It was going to be July 15. It didn't I didn't let it happen. It's August 15, and there will be time if necessary. I'll push them again for the extensions, so the parties can get together. Commission can look into it. Everybody else can look into it and resolve the issue. The thing is, some of the things are done more politely and more comfortably. But now, as we talked about 20 years money sitting there, somebody come outside yellow and throw get, distribute kind of a newsletter and say, could you give me donation and take a dollar and five dollars and stuff, whatever the drivers give them. There are 1,800 drivers at Yellow. Roughly, even if you save only 600 paid, that's 600 dollars, then goes out to Sadlaksar, get money from there. Then goes at the airport and collect money same way from there. If we minimum say about 2,000 people, that's 2,000 dollars a quarter. That's 8,000 dollars a year. In 20 years, how much money is that? I said there are only 10 members of that UTW group. That's $120 a year. That's about $1,200. Somebody of them said, no, it's 100 people. So that's 12000 a year. So that means about 20000 a year. Where that entire money is going, commissioner don't take any money. Supervisor don't take any money. Where that money is going? In the entire moment... I spent every single penny from my pocket and no driver contributed and I refused to accept any money from driver or anybody else. Now coming to the next thing, the money from Walsh, what that money is doing. The medallion from Walsh, what that medallions are doing. They were supposed to go to the drivers who were next on the waiting list at least to call them, hey, we got some medallion, you come, you are on the list, you drive it. Not somebody girlfriend drive it. Not somebody personal friends drive it. Learn to be fair in the game. Learn to be honest in the game. As regard to the gas, we do have very serious problem with the drivers paying $30 extra. Please push the controller to get the report out and increase the meter or gas charge. As regard to Collecting back to UTW money at the airport, it is illegal. The law of the airport say you cannot collect any money for any reason at the airport. Thank you. Thank you. Neil Lawrence will be the last speaker.
I was waiting for you, Mr. Gillespie, when you're ready. Oh, I'm, li- uh, I'm listening. Well, please forgive me. I'm multitasking. The president's no problem. Real briefly, uh, I'd like to speak to this commission about something that I'm very, I'm very big on, which is diesel engines. It seems like this commission has been either directed by the mayor or the board of supervisors or pushed into the hybrid, which is a very expensive, toxic automobile that really has no I, um what I say, uh, compensation, as the engine gets bigger, the so-called mileage goes straight down. So if you get into a V8 full-size sedan, is basically a big loss and a so-called increase in mileage. I recently just drove a Mercedes-Benz Bluetech V6 diesel. Gets almost 40 miles a gallon. It's going to be introduced through Chrysler products probably late this year, early next year. It also is part of the green technology. Diesel engines are proven also with MTA, the trucking industry that they're very uh, amiable towards so-called green technology, which says you can pour your local chicken fat into the engine or the gas tank and it'll run. They're made to run on vegetable oil. Nitric oxides, when they run on vegetable oil, it goes down 96%. There is no problem with the engine or any of the oxides after that. A lot of the buses in New York City use biodiesel. It's a combination of compost and various other components of the vegetable and animal fat chain. They run very well. The biodiesels right now are coming out of Volkswagen. You can buy a new V uh, four-cylinder for around $25,000. It gets 30 to 34 miles a gallon. That's 10 to $12,000 cheaper than a hybrid. It's also very simple technology. And if you look at diesel engines today, diesel engines aren't made to go 100,000 miles. They're made to go 400,000 miles. On, and no one's really had the full extent of them going on biodiesel, but they believe they could go 600,000 miles on biodiesel. Last but not least is that this commission is going to be folded into MTA. The city and county of San Francisco gets diesel fuel approximately 25 to 30 percent cheaper than you see it out there in the retail gas. They don't pay some of the taxes. And I think it would be very appropriate for taxi drivers to loan up on fuel at muni stations paid for by the city and county, or, or at least have a reduction in cost of this fuel as muni in some time in the future converts to biodiesel as well, which I see coming. I think it's inevitable. So you have basically elimination of a fuel problem on both halves from the taxi business as well as the muni business that they'd be paying the same thing for their fuel. Two is that it would be biofuel at some time in the future, and three the so-called requirements that you have now for miles on certain sedans based on age would, would be rendered useless because there are diesels that have been on the street for 10, 20 years that are still running. And I happen to be in the United States Navy one diesel submarines. Some of those were 40 years old and still running. Thank you. Okay, next item. Item number five. Next item is item five, consideration of potential regulations for reconsideration of Sorry. application. Hang on, just. Okay, you should ask Mr. Owen off to the side. Yeah. Item five: consideration of potential regulations for reconsideration of applications for medallions heard prior to the 2008 Municipal Police Code Section 1121 amendments. This is an action item, and there is a memorandum with this. And I'll just give a brief uh, introduction of this memorandum. Um, as you know, uh, you had uh, some amendments passed to, um, by daily, actually, to the daily MAW legislation. And um, 
So, you know, Tom Owen had drafted some potential, um, you know, procedures for reconsideration because the, the amendments that were passed authorized the commission to develop uh, procedures for reconsideration of applications heard prior to the newest amendments to this. Um, so, um, as I noted at a prior meeting, staff had identified some individuals that might be covered by this. But um, the reason the list is so expanded now um, with this latest memo that we've attached is because, as I pointed out, we had to actually go back prior to June 2006. That's when we took over the process of auditing waybills and investigating waybills of people who um, are applying for medallions. So before that, the taxi detail was doing it. And so they would just give names over to the commission office. Apparently, I wasn't there, so I, I don't know, but this is what um, other staff has told me who was there at the time. They would just provide names with no explanation as to why those people had been removed from the list. Um, in other cases, people have failed to respond and submit applications. We don't know why that is. Somebody may have known the driving requirement and said, hey, you know, I'm just not going to respond to this um, because I know I can't meet the requirement under the then existing requirements, which, again, were before the latest amendments. So bearing that in mind, um, in an abundance of caution to avoid future litigation, which might result from, and, it, you know, in, from staff's perspective is nearly sure to result from somebody appealing it somewhere along the line, whether it's to Board of Appeals or to the Superior Court or whatever, um, we listed everybody who had been removed, denied, failed to respond, etc., because it is our belief and, and my advice to you as an attorney for acting in a director capacity, but an attorney nonetheless, it is my strong belief that if you were to pass any of these procedures for reconsideration and consider them, you would absolutely need to notice everyone that could potentially be impacted. That would include all of these individuals. Again, we do not know why people fail to respond. So in an abundance of caution, it would be necessary to make sure that they would be included on uh, these new um, reconsideration. Um, there are about 35 to 3,800 people on the waiting list. It grows every day. And uh, so obviously, were these people to be considered, they would displace all of those, um, those other individuals. Presumably, um, it would be up to the commission, but um, you know, it would be interesting to see how the tracks of people would work people on the side and then the, the new people. So that would be something that can, the commission would need to consider. I only bring these to your attention because the commission staff in the past, not under my um, tenure, but in the past, I remember from prior hearings and uh, before even the prior director uh, was criticized for not noticing people properly. And I would like to avoid that. I try to stave off problems for you as a commission before they um, come to pass. And um, while um, many people in the public, um, even now as I'm speaking, disagree with that course of action, I believe that it's prudent and I believe that it's necessary to um, protect the sanctity of the Commission's process to apprise you of all of the problems from the outset so that they're um, aware, um, so that everyone's aware. Okay, so the third bullet, bullet point on the uh, deadline for application for reconsideration talks about the staff sending letters to uh, explaining the deadline and procedures for those applicants denied or removed from the waiting list since January 1st, 2005. That's what you're talking about here, that that's, that's part of this, of our procedures that we're going to adopt tonight, that that will be done. That the noticing? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would definitely, uh, you know, we would, we would, again, we, we would, I would want to take I mean, extraordinary. I just have, yeah, that's no problem. I mean, that's what should be done. That When this law was passed, everyone who was potentially affected by it needs to be noticed as long as, 
you know, we can just put that in a simple letter and address that stuff and send it out. I, that just should be done. Okay. Um, so then the people who it says in here, and these these are what um, City Attorney Owen has drafted. That um, uh, where is it? The um, the Taxi Commission shall consider the completed applications in the order that they are received. The, those applications shall be deemed received ahead of all other individuals currently at the top of the waiting list. So these individuals would displace those other ones that are currently at the top of the waiting list. Assuming there is anyone, which we don't know. We know there's at least one. Yes. There may be more. But that, that would be the legal and fair and right thing to do, I think. I, I mean, I'm very happy with these procedures for reconsideration. I think it's addressed all the points that we need to. What? Yeah. No? Yeah. Why is that the legal thing to do? I've never understood that. Uh, you know, all the laws that I've known that passed, they become legal when they become a law. Not you make a law and say, okay, this law pertains to five years ago. I've never, I've, the laws that I've always seen happen is, okay, you make it, we start now. So I don't know why we're going back again. I understand what the injustices were back then, but that was not, that was because we were following the law at the time. So I don't understand why we have to go back from the time the amendment came. May I take that one? Uh, be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> my understanding why we want to do this retroactively is because the delay in notification of everyone went past the time they could even comply with the driving requirement so that people didn't even know that they had to comply with this new driving requirement. And that's why we're going back retroactively because of the notification process that was not under our current executive director's jurisdiction. Am I correct or not? Um, yeah, the, there was, uh, I guess, in the original legislation, Daily Ma, when it passed, there was a thing in there about, a provision in there about noticing. Um, and then, uh, I don't know what happened. I think there was like a staff transition or something. As you may know, this department has had, I think, a 250% turnover in the past five years. So um, there was no one, I don't think there was even anyone in charge at that point. Or maybe it was Sonia Banks who was. I, I'm not asking for names in, in yeah. this at all. I don't know. That, that's, I don't really know the details. But no noticing went out. Yeah. So. And if noticing had gone out in a timely manner, I would probably take your position, Commissioner Ernetto, and say everyone was noticed appropriately. But when it was over, it was into the next year and forbid anyone from actually achieving what the law required because they didn't know, you know, so. Let me clarify, Commissioner Ernetto, are you, are you objecting to the, the changes that were made in the Daily Ma legislation? No. Okay, you're objecting to us having to go back and send a letter to all these people? Yes. Okay. And the reason, and the other reason I'm objecting to it, who, who is it that is working in this business all the time, doesn't know what's going on in the business? You know, everybody's, you know, I've gone on to some of these places. I see everybody talking amongst themselves. What do you, you know, I imagine the taxi business does come up once in a while on one of these sites. You know, who doesn't know about who's who's working full time in this business that doesn't know what they need to do in this business? 
I don't. I I still have a problem with that. I, you know, I, I when I was running a local, my my the the Teamsters knew their contract better than I knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't understand why we have to chase our tail here. <laughs> the whole impetus for this legislation, for these amendments to the Daily Ma, was so that it could be applied to an individual who would not, not just one individual, but to some individuals that we had knowledge of who we felt were unfairly treated. If we take this strict letter of the law that you're and not going back retro at all, then that would forbid us from even taking care of those individuals that we know were not treated fairly and and not applying this new amendment to them. It's it's all or nothing what I'm hearing you say because if we apply it to one, we apply it to all. And that's what scares me. I don't think there's a scary thing about it in that I actually applaud the executive director's efforts to recommend that we notice everyone. Many of these individuals will not qualify. But I don't know whether they, same as the executive director stated, I don't know if they failed to respond because they said, oh, I didn't comply that year because I didn't know about it in that year. I don't know that. I don't know if they, um, if not interested in a ramp, if they thought then they weren't allowed to stay on the list. And, in fact, that's a a question for the executive director. Um, Where I see it noted that they're not interested in a ramp, did it then, for a second thing, failure to apply um, to, to failure to respond apply to the to the regular medallion, or was the failure to reply related to the ramp? And are they still on the list? Yeah, just because someone's denied a ramp, they still remain on on. There's you know there's there's only one list, so. You know, they, they don't go off the list. They so my, my question is then, some of these names where it said um, did not want to, rejected the ramp, um, failed to respond to that. Are they still on the list for a regular medallion so that we're going to just even cross them off as they are? Yeah, we, I mean, yeah. again, there's so a lot of people, people you know, we put everyone on here because we, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, the magnitude of this situation is apparent that, you know, there are many, many hundreds of people that would be at least subject to the noticing, and then from there the list would be vetted. If these people are going to float at the top, then we have all these other people that have already we've already sent noticing requirements out to. So we well, just want it to be aware of what the procedures are. I, I want to be very clear then um, in that if indeed an individual I'm reading here says not interested in a ramp, and then the next comment is failure to respond um, to submit applications. My, I want to make sure my comprehension here is that, one, they just didn't want the ramp, but they're still on the list, and their name, and they failed to respond when their name came up on the regular list, or they just didn't respond for the ramp and they're still on the list. I just want to make that, figure out where we are on those. Well, I'd have to go through them one by one and I'd have to answer questions. Oh, so there, okay, then, then what you there's not a pattern. Each one might be okay. subject to something slightly right. different. I, I would have to, there's hundreds of people, so I, I don't want to make a representation okay. and then it's inaccurate. Then I think the easiest thing for the commission to do is to notice everyone, as the executive director has said, rather than wasting staff time to go through each individually, but to make it clear in the noticing that 
the parameters are this, this, and this. And if you're still on the list, wait your turn. <laughs> if you're, if you're, you, you didn't drive at all, you don't qualify, I mean, to just put those parameters out there in the noticing. Can I ask a question, though? Yes. Now, I'm looking at this. The pr procedures for reconsideration of driving experience determinations. Yes. The medallion applicant must have been denied or removed from waiting list in calendar year 2005 or later. I'm only looking at names from 2006 and later. Where are you looking here? Now, where, what I, I have it on the the first page of the procedures, mm -hmm. the very first line. And now you go back and look at all these names we have sitting in so front we, of us. The earliest have we have is 2006, right? Am I right or wrong? Yeah, we only went back to 2006. I know. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Does Sorry it say 2005? That. You're right. We need 2005. Yeah. Do we not? We do need 2005, so that would be other hundreds, however many of those. And do we have access to that? Yeah, we can get it off the minutes from the agenda. <clears throat> so you just, I mean, this memo from Vicki Sue is just for our information as to, if this isn't an official document, this is just for our oh. information of the number, the volume of people who would have to be contacted. And if we went back to 2005, that would make the number what? Just, Larger. Just in rough, in rough terms. <laughs> In rough terms, how many? <laughs> I mean, I don't out. know. Let's look at 2006 just as an indication. And again, this is when the detail handled it. From, from June 2006 is when the commission staff started handling it, again, predating my arrival, and before that, tax detail. So if we just go from 1-2406 until, um, it looks like it goes till 12-12-2006, that's, uh, you know, like about probably 80 to 90 names. Okay, so my, my question, Commissioner Otto, was what actually are you objecting to here? What, are you objecting us to having to send out all these letters? Are you, what well, are you objecting uh, to? Uh, my, my question, what, what's the feasibility of this actually coming about from 2005? Are these records really going to be available that they can argue uh, point blank that they have these records that qualify them? Or are they still... Theoretically, somebody might have said that uh, since I didn't qualify for 2004 well, when the law was and, passed. And never bothered to yeah, submit. I think it's going to be maybe a handful, but I want to just find out what, why or <laughs> what's the what's <laughs> problem. What's my problem? <laughs> well, I mean, it just seems natural that we would, would notice everyone that the law has changed, that this is how we're going about it, just to make it clear, just to be Okay, this is, this, is the, this is the bright line for me then, okay? Let's, let's use Malcolm's words. Um, if we can't do 2005, we shouldn't be doing anything because then you're, you're putting it in a situation where it's unfair. To, it's unfair. You either do it all or nothing on this. Okay, so we, so we do. We go back to 2005. Now we've got to find out if we get those records. We don't have those records. That, that was pre-our staff. That was handled by the But we still the have detail. the minutes of our meeting where people were removed from the list. We do have that. We have the names. We have the names, and we have their addresses. So. Mm -hmm. 
Can we do public comment? <laughs> do the color schemes have to provide, or are they still required to have all that information as far as the way bills go? I mean, is it feasible to be able to do this is my point. Are we able, say like a person did not, let's leave the, the most typical one that we're afraid we overlook someone because in 2004 they said, well, we can't do this because we were notified in 2005. We don't have that information. So they never even bothered to submit. Are these records that they're going to re be required to submit for a medallion available? Uh, I mean, are the color schemes still required to maintain those records? And this is 2008 now. So are, is this going to just be a good thing on our part that we're, we want to do this, but is it going to be impossible for anybody to qualify? I think it should be possible because the people who are getting medallions now are having to go back three and four years yeah. to get their records. So, that's the, so the, the yeah. records should still be available. Yes. It's okay. my, I think well, that's, that's the point that I was worried yeah. about. Yeah. I don't well, think that should be a problem. Okay, I, I'm a little hazy on this one, though. 2005, what was the, what was the requirement? Two years. I think what we have to say first, when, when did the legislation pass? 2004. It was effective in August. And the letters, the notice letters, weren't mailed out until the following year, right? Yeah. Well, no, my point being is, do we have to go back to 2005? Since 2004 is no one void. 2005, all you needed was the one year, right? Do we have to go back to 2005? Let me think about that. <laughs> I think we have to go back to whenever the law took effect. No, but, but he's, he's right, though. He's, Commissioner Netter is right about the fact that they only needed the one year, and that never changed, that you needed... That was one year before, wasn't it? Before that legislation passed, it was one year of driving, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now one year becomes 2005. So now do they do you need to go back to 2005? I don't know if you're, <laughs> actually, you're the one that wanted us to go back to 2005. Well, I'm just reading what the what this says. Yeah. You know, so if if I wouldn't have said anything if this said 2006 or later. But it says 2005, so I have to bring the question. I want you to huddle with the city, <laughs> city attorney there while we go to public comment and, and get your issues worked out. Okay, I'm going to take public comment now on this agenda item for two minutes. Before I start, a point of order about the consent calendar. Did you approve the non-severed items, or did you forget to do that? We did it. You did it? Okay, because people approve. were asking back there. Yeah, we approved everything on okay. one vote. Uh, to Patricia Breslin's question, um, the ramp refusals, I don't, if th these people's names are still on the list for the regular medallion, so I don't see reason to know them. They haven't been removed. Uh, I would be in support of the staff's re recommendations, except for the thorny issue of mailing out all these letters. Uh, I agree there are 431 names on there. Most of them aren't mathematically eligible for medallions, and it would be better to screen those out before rather than mail letters and confuse people. I see names. I see Kate Taylor's name on there. She left the industry 10 years ago to teach yoga in Colorado, so she doesn't have an A card for the past 12 years. Why would you want to mail 
a letter to such a person. And I see more than 400 of these 431 names will fall into that category of staff. Then since they've gone to all this work and trouble already, we're to go back and uh, look at that. There would be no need to mail letters to the vast majority of these people. In fact, this legislation, I was involved in it. It was to amend uh, a Section 1121 daily mob, the police code, because of a manifest injustice that was going to occur to Andy Sinaiko and to Ray Delgado. Those two are situated differently from one another. Ray ostensibly has been removed from the applicant list, and he's here tonight. I see that. Um, so I, I think, uh, see, um, anyhow, I, I think you should go forward with this and simply let Ray apply for his medallion. I lost it here. I have some notes, but uh, thank can, you. Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, a question to you, Carl. Um, are you suggesting then that um, we take this list and audit it to the um, permit, I mean to the A card list, and if people don't have an A card for so many years out of the years, then we know they don't qualify? Exactly. Yeah. It's going to create yeah. immense confusion if you mail these people. I, I see names of people here. The reason why they didn't get a medallion when their name came up was that they weren't driving. And so even those who were maybe can ask for a time waiver. I'm sure that in more than 90% of the cases, those people did not then continue to get aid cards and drive a taxi after not being granted a medallion. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you. I guess my point about that was that wouldn't it be more work for the staff to go through and determine which ones could possibly be affected and which couldn't rather than just send everybody a letter? That's it would also slow down the process. Um, if we investigated each one for, individually, for if we just sent letters to everybody on this list, I think you know, the letters, we, if we do that, they have to be very clear, saying, like even asking a quest, asking three questions and saying, if you answered yes to these, read the rest. If you answered no to any one of these, <laughs> don't go on. I'm confident that our, we'll be able to draft a, a coherent and explanatory letter. Thank you. Charles. Good evening again, uh, Charles Rathbone. When I go to work tomorrow morning, I know that my uh, colleague, uh, Mr. Rahman, is going to come up to me and say, Charles, what happened last night? And he's, he's, uh, he's talking about the uh, 69 medallions. I'm going to have to tell him, sorry, they didn't issue any more medallions uh, uh, tonight. Uh, you still have to wait. He's so close, he can taste the apple almost, but it keeps, seems to recede. Is if you proceed with this, does that mean that he, I mean, are you going to continue to issue the 69 that are currently being issued, or will there be some delay on that? Uh, is he going to see more people going in front of him, and then the apple recedes? I mean, he would. Uh, I know he's going to ask me, and it would be nice to know, be able to give me a straight answer rather than just an ambiguous. Uh, Geez, we we just don't know anything. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners again. Um, you know, I've been driving a cab for over 16 years now, and I know what the laws are. If you drive a taxi, you know what the law is. This is, um, this is, this is like, you know, you don't have to find out. If you do have to find out, you go to the taxi commissioner's office and ask them a question. I 
I was up for a van, and I didn't want a van. I turned it down. I went to the commissioner's office. They told me that my name remained on the list in the same position as anybody who took the van. Their name would be behind me if they were behind me on the list. I know this. It's very simple. It's not hard. You don't have to be writing there. All these people who didn't apply are people who weren't driving. And they're going to come up with some damn excuse and tell you that, oh, they weren't, they weren't informed and this wasn't informed. Look, if you drive three or four years, you're informed. That's the end of the story. I, I agree with Commissioner Neto. The law is the law. Abide by it. Don't try to change it. Don't try to split hairs. Just do it. Thank you. Mr. Gillespie, fellow commissioners, um, I'd just like to say this, is that for about two years, I worked part-time at HUD. I did database management. I used Oracle and mostly Access. It's very easy to put a database system in with the Taxi Commission to find out which people on the list have A cards or had A cards for a number of years, programming and you can blow up a thousand names probably right off the bat that haven't been driving for the last 10 years. They're never going to qualify. And two is that by just notifying the cab companies or having this database, you'd all, you wouldn't have to mail out any letters to anybody. All you'd have to do is press a button. You'd have every name of every person that qualified out of the 421 or 425 names that would have an A card and have been driving for the last three to five years. It's that simple. This is not hard old or, you know, something that can't be done. We're in this technology age and we're using stuff of the previous 25 years to update lists for taxi drivers, for A cards, or even find out simple things like whether somebody was bumped off a list inadvertently by some mistake because he didn't get a letter only to find out maybe he's dead and we're mailing him another letter. It's just a big waste. So I think there's enough money. You passed a uh, budget with 2.2 million plus. Get some database management in there and get all of this on a database where you can have it just on one big digit on your USB drive and just pop a button and all your information is right there. I thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I just want to make uh, one clarification. There seemed to be some confusion among some of the commissioners about the availability of waybills or records going back by the rule book. Um, companies are required to keep uh, the waybills for the past six years. So as of right now, we have waybills. The company should be storing the waybills that go back to 2002. Um, so I don't think the issue of 0405 or the records going to be available is an issue because we have waybills right now going back to 2002. Thank you. Anyone else? Good evening, Commissioner. Aleko with Amir Laras. If we can get the list of 2005 A cards, 2006 A cards, the people who got the A card at that time, and then the staff can look at if these people do have A cards at that time or not, then send a letter. So this way you might eliminate 100, 200 people before even sending the letter instead of just keep throwing the letter and then waiting, sitting by the door, on the stairs, when this person is coming in, like a love matchmaking going on, 
Eckhart records, at least you have some clear picture right from the beginning. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, Mark Ruberg, and uh, I thought uh, and said at, at the time uh, this was being considered that it was a can of worms, and it is a can of worms, and I ended up supporting it because of the failure of notice in 2004 and the resultant possible uh, prejudice to, to some people at that time, recognizing that, you know, indeed there would be hundreds of people potentially affected by this, and, and there are and there were, and I think the notice should go out to everybody, because frankly, sitting here in this room at this moment, you're not anticipating some of the questions that may be raised and the objections that may be raised, and to be on the safe side, um, you know, I would send it out. Uh, to me, a big part of the, of, of the problem, the, the crux of the problem here is, is, is not with the uh, experience requirement per se or the change in the experience requirement. It's when you cut off the time waivers at one year. Because somebody who, who then, um, you know, fell behind could not catch up. So, you know, I, I think that a lot of your problem comes in there. And, um, you know, and, and what's going to happen when somebody comes along and, and says, for instance, well, um, you know, I did the calculation. And, you know, I, once I got the notice, I did the calculation. I realized that, you know, I'm, I'm out for good. I can't get a medallion ever. However, if I would have gotten the notice the previous year, I could have compensated for that and, and, and made up for it. But now I can't. So why should I do my driving requirement? Maybe, you know, maybe this person stayed in the industry, still driving shifts, not quite enough. What are you going to say to that person? Maybe you'll say no. Maybe you'll say yes. I think that person deserves a notice and deserves to be able to come in here and make that uh, case. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, public comment is closed. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Okay. Um, can of worms is a good term for this, but somebody explain to me what happens. We're going to send these things out. Certified mail? What happens when we get the first envelope back to the, to, uh, the office that was undeliverable? Do we have to wait on that person? I would make a quick suggestion is that that's when we, we do have the A card list just ready. Check it right against it. What if someone... If the person doesn't have a current address in our file, then that's... No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe somebody got denied that because of their driving, not, have, not having the time in, and they quit the business because they weren't going to get a medallion. You can't, you can't just eliminate people because you feel like it. You know, you gotta give it to everybody that had a chance to get a medallion because that may be the reason they left. That, that's not a, that's not the argument. You know, that now they're not a, a cab driver. That's no argument. You know, maybe they left because they were denied the medallion at that time. So you have to get it to everyone. Now I wanna know, since you're gonna get it to everyone, what happens when we get the first envelope back that was undeliverable? You have to have that in here because 
we can't be waiting on these. You you have to. You're saying you want to get it to everyone, that everyone has to be noticed. Well, if it gets returned back to the office, that person is not noticed. I I think what uh, <laughs> no I think what President Gillespie was saying is that part of the standards. Uh, of qualifying, qualifying and, and remaining um, on the list is that you have an address you can be reached at. Now, what I hear you saying, what I hear you, hear you saying, and I may be hearing wrong, is what if someone said, okay, I didn't make it because I can't make these qualifications that were existing at that time, so I'm quitting the business. I don't, I may be wrong, and I may, may have to reconsider this, but to me, this is to allow our current drivers who are driving and serving the public that if they did not qualify through no fault of their own, if they did not qualify because they weren't noticed, that they're get, getting an opportunity. This is not to reach out to the general public, to someone who never drove and said, oh, my goodness, I would have maybe driven one time. Excuse if, me, if but if, if they were denied the medallion, that means they were driving at that time because otherwise they wouldn't have gotten noticed to get turned down. <laughs> they had to be driving at that time. You did, we did not no, specify. They did not. They did not. No? In 2005? Wait, wait, wait. No. no. <laughs> You're telling me that there was... He's doing attorney-client privilege. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what if someone was on the list, got called, they were denied for not having the the amount of hours that they needed. They only had 200 hours or 300 hours or whatever hours. That person, because they didn't qualify and only had those few hours, they got denied because they only had that time. Now they quit because they couldn't get the medallion because the law in 2004 had changed because now it's not a year anymore. Now you got to you know, start doing the one out of two, two out of three, three out of four. That that is a viable situation. I'm saying that's that's a possible situation. I, I agree, it's a possible situation. I don't know if it's one I would consider. Uh, I'm I'm letting you know that. Okay, but I'm okay with them coming back. But it's not in here what we do if they come back. They, the. I think I think we're confused. I'm conf getting confused now about one issue, and I hear I'm hearing you saying that it's it's a reason to allow them to get a medallion if the reason for them quitting was because they couldn't meet the regulations at the time that existed at the time. But where I want to go with this is if we have our drivers who are serving the public who we want to have in and if they were passed over and they are still in service for the community for the trade 
then these are the individuals that I felt that this legislation approached. Now, if you want to take a wider picture, then yes, we're going to have to consider every single alternative. And, and I, I, those individuals do not meet the current law. Does the daily amendment say anything about that they have to be current A cardholders? They have to meet certain requirements still of driving so many years. Of that so time. Years. Current. Current to? Current to 2005, current to 2006. No, I think it's, I don't think that's when way of the amendment There was a one-year, there was a one-year driving requirement when daily miles right. was passed. Right, before that. Right. Then there was the, the daily law, yeah. law in 2004 that started doing that one in two, two and three thing, right? Right. right. Person in 2005 drove 800 hours, but that same individual didn't drive 800 hours in 2004. That person does not qualify, does they? Did they? Ask your At that time, but now they do because we threw out 2004. Uh, I'm asking. I'm not Some, clear on it. Someone <laughs> who was denied a medallion or removed from the list in 2005, if they come back to the commission this year, will only have to prove that they either drove 2007 or the 12 months immediately preceding whenever the hearing is, because that's the standard that applied to 2005 as corrected or revised by Daily Ma. On the other point about what if certified <laughs> letters come back undeliverable, the procedures provide that the commission will attempt to publicize these. The certified letter is just one form, but there will be other more general <coughs> provisions, and people will tell their friends if they still know where they are, people are still interested. Some people won't hear about it and won't come in, but there's there's no requirement that we pull everybody in. We just give everybody the opportunity. I guess that's what was my question, to, and it's to you, is are we okay with the way it's written? Whether you, I can't well, tell as far you as far as if we it, get if we get yes. if we get certified mail back undeliverable. Are we okay with the way this is written right now? It's lawful, yes. When you say okay, are you comfortable with that? I can't tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people have said I'm not okay, but <laughs> but I'm still trying to get make sure that that we're on on solid ground here, doing it the way we're doing it. You know, uh, I just want to make sure that you know somebody in the uh, comes out of the doesn't come out of the woodwork in six months saying, "Hey, you f you didn't get it to me. Uh, I should have gotten it." You know, starts doing the suing thing. Uh, you, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to avoid. If if this is okay, then I'm okay with it. But if if it's not, if it needs to be tweaked a little bit, then we tweak it. Mr. O, you hit on something. Is there uh, another form of public notification, like in the newspaper? Uh, can we just publish this? <laughs> uh, you, you, you certainly could. Um, 
I mean, newspaper is publication is theoretically adequate for all sorts of legal announcements. As a practical matter, I don't know anybody who yeah. reads the legal ads, but uh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to read it the other way, but we're going to spend a lot of money on it right now. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm I'm ready to go with this. Is there any? Are you have any other questions, Commissioner Romano? Or I mean, I want you to be comfortable with doing this, and I want this to pass. So. Last little question: Is October first enough time now that we're considering it now? Is there any reason that October 1st was necessarily chosen as opposed to any other? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about getting out all these notices and then have how much time you got to get it back. That, that <laughs> was just the date I pulled out of thin air. Would you like to make an amendment to that, Commissioner Neto? Or? Well, I, you know, I'd like to hear what, what, what does anyone else think about the time? Maybe our director that. wants to weigh in on this. I'm, I'm ready to make it February 1st of 2009 myself. <laughs> well, I, I, I actually have a question about dates. We, actually, we do know some individuals to which this applies. So... When are we going to notify those individuals that they can actually come forward? The, as soon as this is approved, is that the deal? Or That's correct. People yeah. can start uh, as soon as the staff has the application form prepared that they want to use. People can start coming in and requesting it. The uh, okay. cutoff date at the far end of the process was in anticipation of sending out this mailing, but uh, nothing. But people can people certainly don't have come to in. Wait yeah, okay. until then. Excellent. And in fact, to a certain extent, it's going to be first come, first served. So they may want to come in. Right. And once uh, someone is noticed um, for us to be next in line for a medallion, whether or not they are part of this group or have been part of the waiting list all the way along, once they hit our calendar, they cannot be um, pushed aside for someone new coming in, correct? Well, for, well, not for example. Not that they make the calendar, but they get approved by. Well, for, well, for example, we have a waiting list, and say there are Correct. five medallions that are open and up for issue, and we have two people who came in under these new guidelines, three under the old, and then one person walks in the door who's under the new guidelines. That individual, if we've already noticed the, the ones to get that medallion, I'm just thinking of the order of things. Right, because the person who walked in the door will not have gotten an affirmative vote from the commission Good. ahead okay. of the three people you're Excellent. taking off the okay. waiting list. Good, want to make sure. But yeah. there are going to be days when it's going to make a difference whether yeah. these people appear at the beginning of the consent calendar or at the end of the consent calendar. Right. So okay. you'll have to keep an eye on that. All right, thanks. Um, I just, you know, there's also, we're now going to have three lists because we're going to have the regular waiting list, we're going to have the people on time waiver who are floating at the top of the list, and now we have a third list of these people. Are these people going to get time waivers too? What's going to happen to them? So we now have three waiting lists. So people, that their number on the waiting list, they have no idea. Now we cannot give, staff cannot be responsible anymore when we give a number to people and their number on the waiting list, we can no longer vouch for that number anymore. Well, their number is still the same number on the waiting list, well, just that people might be subject to these reconsiderations that would come before them. Put 
potentially. There could be more than one that I know of. There could be. I'm not sure if there will be. But, yes, there will be another group of people. Are these people going to get a time waiver? I'm asking because these are the questions we're going to get in the office. And so people come in and say, well, I might qualify, but I need a time waiver. Do you address this in your guidelines, Mr. Rohn? No, because the procedures contemplate that when you come in, you come in Ready. having met all the qualifications except the applicable driving for the year in question. Right. I but they're going to ask for the same treatment as everyone else, and everyone else got a time waiver. So why don't they get one? Well, again, I think you, I think you just answered the question that they're they're coming in for reconsideration under the year that they in the year that they were denied their. Uh, removed from the list. So, no, I don't think a time waiver is appropriate. In this I, I, I actually don't think a time waiver is appropriate either because um, whether or not that their rejection at the time or their inaction at the time was the result of them thinking they couldn't qualify, that, that doesn't apply to the fact whether they drove the, the, the oncoming years. It, it just doesn't apply. It's... To, to me, it doesn't work work that way. But the person, if you deny the person the time waiver under these regulations, then they'll appeal to Board of Appeals and they'll claim, well, everyone else got a time waiver, but I didn't get one. So I want to be put back. And then Board of Appeals will say, okay, you can be put back. When, when were the time waivers uh, put in effect? Do you know, Tom? I don't know. Yeah, I, and I think it was even after 2004 and 2005. I think it was like 2006. I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I don't think the time waiver has anything to do with this particular issue. But I'd have to check on that date. I'm not sure. Time waivers came later. But the issue is not when time waivers pass. The issue is the applicant being treated disparately, and that's their argument. They're going to be acting. They're going to be arguing. Well, what about me? I, I get a time waiver too. I deserve the same treatment as everyone else, and justifiably because everyone should have the same treatment under the law. Tom, this seemed very clear to me um, when I read it earlier, and I thought it was very straightforward, so I want to thank you for that. But there have been a number of interesting questions that have <laughs> arisen um, that doesn't change my mind that I think that this is a, a straightforward thing that I don't think everyone who's noticed is going to apply, that I think it can be weeded out. And, yes, there are a lot of people, but I think it can be gone through and I know we have to anticipate challenges but I think we're over anticipating at this point I do, I do think we're going to have to give everyone time waivers though that ask for them if we gave them a time waiver would they qualify now for example okay if you're eliminating a year and give them a time waiver, yeah, they might qualify because of that. You're eliminating 2004, 
they asked for a time waiver. Now it's a qualification. I still don't think we'll have a number that would qualify. So if that's the sticking point, I would say if you feel these people deserve a time waiver, I, I could I wouldn't object to that because I still don't think it will make that huge difference. I, I, I'm not saying yeah. I'm, I'm just saying you have I think you have to do it because you've done we've done it with everyone else. We've given it's pretty much automatic that we've given these time waivers. So how are we going to not give it to people? Well, you're talking to someone who doesn't believe the driving requirement was really good anyway. But I, I, I think it's way too small. Yeah. <laughs> the downside of granting the uh, time waivers is that it's just going to qualify more people under this process, and there's sort of the feeling that that's unfair to the people that worked their ways up to the top of the list, but if you've already made the policy determination that a lot of the people who were weeded out of the list were weeded out unfairly, then the people who are at the top of the list now really don't have as good an argument about why they should be protected. They should have been waiting. I agree. May I ask, even if it's more work, um, would the my fellow commissioners feel better if, well, we, we actually, I was going to say, if we went through and, and sorted out by those who automatically don't qualify, but then in the same way I'll say, well, with the time waiver, how are we to judge at this point? We need... I'm sorry. We need to move this date way, way forward. I mean, back. You know, we have to understand we're short a person in the office. We've got all kinds of issues we're trying to button up before before December. And to throw this out there now we're we're not just asking you know now we're asking for more people to send out we're opening up the parameters of this i think we have to move this date back pretty good okay <laughs> can i get a specific can i get a specific recommendation that you'd like to change this is the first bullet point in the second section is that what you're talking about yeah, okay. I, I, I don't, uh, you know, when, you make a January when 1st, are we 2009? asking, when are we asking, wait, well, let's do, I think we need a couple of dates here. When are we expecting staff to get this thing out? Isn't that a good question? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you know, I understand how much, uh, we can work out how much time we want to give the people after they get it, but let's figure out how much time they're going to need to get the thing out in the first place. No, I, I have an idea. Huh? Um, may, may I? I've been saying a lot, but I have an idea here. I heard a lot of the public say, "Hey, I'm driving. I know what the rules are. I know what's going on." I think if anybody that this amended daily mar, mar, ma, yeah. <laughs> that's my Boston, that this amended daily ma applies to, who is currently driving and is aware of everything, would be able to walk into the commission office 
and say, I understand that this is in process. We can put a far date on notification because most likely the notification means that these people don't have their ear to the ground. They're not probably part of the industry at this time. And at least take care of the people who are working drivers who, who, who this legislation was meant to help. Do you have a copy of the daily amendment? In other words, current ACOR holders only. Well, they'll know, and no noticing is required right now. Thank you. What about that? Okay, I'm waiting for anyone who has a problem with this procedure to recommend well, an amendment. Well, we're talking about notification. If we can just have people, if we can just have people come in because they know it exists, but have a notification line out there <coughs> because we do plan to notify people. That may uh, help the situation along. I don't know. That's that's appropriate. I think that's appropriate. I recommend that you also, though, let the staff set a start date so they don't immediately have right. people coming in tomorrow morning and <laughs> arguing about whether they people right. were the first one in line when staff is not ready to start clocking in applications because they don't have an application Most definitely. Form. Most definitely. So do you want to put that in the... Would you recommendation to put that in these guidelines here tonight? Uh, you, you could. You could simply direct staff. August 1st, something like that. Well, however much time they need, I'd consult with them before setting a date. Is, is, super, is, is Supervisor Daly going to be happy with us changing his amendment? I'm kind of curious about that. Huh? What are we changing? Well, it's, it, it, it doesn't say anything about people that are currently working in 2008. It just changes all the – here. All it does is I, – I don't think the proposal is to limit it to people who are working in 2008. We're just saying we're going to use a form of notice that admittedly will be most effective with people who are currently working. talking here? What, are we trying to find out well, when we can start all this process? Th there's a question of whether there should be a deadline of October 1st. I'm willing to listen to, uh, you know, changing that, amending that to January 1st, 2009, or... No, first we need to hear when staff can start. Then we can figure out how long it's going to take them to complete it, and then we can figure out 60 days beyond that, that we, or 30 days or whatever we're going to give people to get it back to us. But it can't be tomorrow. It can't be, you know, next week. It's going to, you know, the process has to start when? September 1st? That they start? I'm, I'd like their, their recommendation <laughs> if they're going to do it, when they can do it. We have notices that we have to get out to all post-key medallion holders regarding the ADA. As you've noted, we are a short one person in the office. Um, with, all, with the workload, I know I'm going to get some 
flack from the audience on this, but I honestly, I don't think we can get this out starting until October 1st. With all the other things that we have in the office right now, we are so short-staffed, it's unbelievable. My staff, each of them is doing the work of two people, self-included. I just don't think we can start this process until October 1st. We cut and pasted these names, and it's true, some of the names, like uh, one of them is at Board of Appeals, I noticed. You know, we just cut and pasted them because that's all we have time to do. We're not going to go through and audit each individual name on the list at this point. I mean, that's what the noticing will take care of, theoretically. Um, but as I've noted, there are several administrative problems with this procedure, and the only reason I bring them to your attention is because having been here long enough, I know how it works. People come back around. They come out of the woodwork. They surface later. So that's why I've brought them forward. Is that enough, October 1st? I, even that, I mean, you're, you're saying, saying that we, would we don't want to have people even apply for this reconsideration until October 1st? No, he's asking about the noticing specifically, is my understanding. When would we mail out the letters? Well, when, it's the That's same what thing. I Mailing out the notices and having people coming in is the same thing. No, someone could find out about this tonight. If we pass this tonight, they could come tomorrow and reapply for reconsideration because they well, know. Well, then we've got to set two, two dates. We've got to set one for the file, for the sending out, and we've got to set one where people can start coming in. But now she's, didn't I just hear that it's October 1st? For the mailing. I wasn't speaking to the issue of them coming in, just the mailing. So you got two and a half. So that's two and a half months from now. I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to uh, begin thinking about dates. I think we should, again, reconsider this whole thing with what Tom was bringing up in the beginning. I think that this whole thing to go back and be retroactive is is not what uh, Daily Ma amendment really was projecting. I think that it it considers people that are on the list now don't have to go back to 2004. That's what we wanted to accomplish because the notification was incorrect. This does that without having to go back retroactive. I feel that some people will be handicapped by it and uh, have been taken off the list maybe inappropriately. But that's still not the fault of the commission. It was the way the law was written and, and exercised at the time that it was written. And I don't think that by creating all this extra work for the commission, it's almost going to be an impossible list because by creating time waivers on top of this new creation, we've got four lists going. And it, it's really going to complicate things, I think. And it, it doesn't have to be that it's not the requirement of, of when you pass a law that you have to go back and everybody that gets swept under the rug from before when the law wasn't operating correctly, we have to amend for. I, I think the amendment really creates a, a clarity as to where we're going now. In other words, 2008, if you're qualified, you don't have to go back to 2004. And that's, that's where we should stop it. So I, I don't think we should even consider this proposal as far as being able to go back and, and, and open up the uh, floodgates for this thing. I just want to take that one segue a little bit different. I understand what you're saying, and um, it, it definitely makes it extremely focused. But, um, again, I am concerned about some individuals that started this whole uh, process going forward when we realized an injustice. So when you say current, I would like to say current drivers, current drivers that if if they need their uh, position reevaluated because they're still currently driving, I would add them to the mix, not just going forward, but if you are a driver and through, you were rejected, 
because you didn't meet the old requirements, then come forward. I don't think that requires any huge notification then, and I would say maybe we don't have to do the registered letters. Then if I can understand what you're saying, then the notification should only go out to current ACARD holders who are driving. I mean, that would limit the pool to the point that we're not going to just go back to everyone that was ever a possibility of driving. Then the staff has to evaluate all of those cases, and even if theoretically a person can come up and say, look, I think I deserve the medallion, and here's what I did in 2004 and 2005, and I want you to consider it. Well, then they've got to stop everything and look at all that. I don't think that it's feasible. I just don't think they have a staff. We have a staff that can go back and do that at this time, and I don't even think that it's necessarily fair to do it that way. I think that this amendment really made it clear that they saw also that there was an injustice for someone coming along now who wants to qualify, that he has to go back to 2004, and if he wasn't qualified in 2004, that he would be eliminated. That's what that amendment changed. And so by considering 2004 out of the question, what we're looking for is still people that are driving currently, which I agree with. Those are the ones that we should be considering, and I don't agree with going backwards. But just that last statement you made about not agreeing about going backwards, if there is a current driver who was dropped off the list and comes forward and says, you know, if this amendment had been in when I was considered, reconsider me. You know, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I would agree to. Can that be done appropriately, or is that too gray? It's probably within your discretion. Okay. I think that would satisfy you. Go ahead, speak. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, if that's within our discretion, I think that would satisfy the fact of not overburdening the staff, of reaching the people who are truly drivers at this time. And I think it would be in the true spirit of what the amendment meant to do. To clarify, would it be any medallion applicant who currently has an A card or who has had an A card since whatever action was originally taken? Can you say that once more? Could it be somebody who just came in and got an A card this year but hadn't had an A card in 2007, 2006? Or do you want to limit this to somebody who was dinged in 2005 but had an A card in 5, 6, 7, and 8? Or a time waiver during that course of time. And, you know, I hate to put these driving restrictions on, but I would definitely support that, that they had been driving continuously. For this one, yeah. Something Paul hardly ever hears me say. Driving continuously or had a time waiver during that time because that was allowable. Had an A card as opposed to driving continuously. Yes. Okay. Thank you. 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 Th
continuously. You're not you're not suggesting oh. that they be driving a certain amount. No, no. Okay. <laughs> you know, if we're really concerned about the work level for the staff, isn't it more work to go through this list and find out who was an A card rather than just send out a letter to everybody on this list? Isn't it more work to do well, all I'm that? I'm actually, at this point, not even suggesting that the letter be sent. I'm okay. suggesting... Instead of, you two talk, instead of you two talking about why don't we ask staff? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it just... <laughs> we have to go into the computer and get all of their na all of their addresses. So we have to check in the computer, and it's a Rumba system that the Treasurer's well, Office uses. If, no, if, if these individuals aren't in the computer then they don't have a valid A card. Oh, no, they'll be in there. They're all in there, even if it's expired. I have them from 84 or whatever, I think. I think it, uh, I'd have to check. But we have, we do have prior addresses. Even the detail, we'd have to get, you know, and they're also short staff, right? So, because they don't have a clerk and they're down, they're actually down two clerks. So they would have to go into those yellow cards, get the addresses off there, whatever address is on there. That might be something that's old or whatever, but they would, that's the address. So. Manual labor will be have to be done on each individual name and address. I didn't hear you. Do you want to ask that question? Okay. You know, it's it's really not about the manual labor to to obtain the addresses. That that's one piece of it. That'll take. I mean, I don't want to estimate how long it's going to take, but at least a couple weeks worth of one person dedicated to just doing that because of the multiple places. And I agree regarding a database. I wish I had the money to do such a database, but we don't, okay? So we, it's not a matter of the address. It's not a matter of the certified mail. It's not a matter of the budget for that. We have a repro graphics budget to send out the certified mails of three, $3 a piece or whatever they cost. It's the issue of the time waivers. It's the issue of the people coming out of the woodwork six months later, a year later, saying, I didn't get noticed. What about me? You left me out. You forgot me. And, I mean, we'll do our best to get all the names together and however many hundreds of names. But I'm just telling you, this has been the experience that people come back later and say, I was not included in your mix. And what about me? Or I want a time waiver. Or now an argument I hear at Board of Appeals a lot when people are taken off the list for failing the driver requirement is, well, I want an ADA modification for my driver requirement. I don't think I should have to drive 800 hours. I was disabled. I want 533 hours. I want the same modification that permit holders are getting. So what about the ADA modification as well for these individuals? When you give that, that reasoning about the ADA, though, the ADA, doesn't that go forward from the time of request, not retroactively to prior to them requesting this uh, this waiver? Yes, but the Board of yeah. Appeals did not find that reasoning persuasive. They found the permit hold the uh, applicant's argument regarding they, their disparate treatment under the law persuasive. And the disparate treatment argument is that, well, permit holders are getting ADA, so I want it too. I just have to say, how can something so good and so altruistic turn so uh, complicated and, and in the wrong direction as far as I'm concerned right now. I think it can be done. You know, I, I understand what you're trying to do. I'm just saying I don't think we can do it. <laughs> 
I understood it all along, and I think it's a very noble and proper and sympathetic way of thinking. But there's a difference between being sympathetic and having the ability to do something about it. And I don't think we can do anything about it. I bet if we – and I'm not going to just throw a supervisor's name around, but I bet if you asked a supervisor why this was amended, I bet the answer would come out in response that we saw a couple of cases of injustice, and I'm hoping that this will resolve it. There was no opposition to this when it went before the board. The guy who wrote the legislation did this. Again, there was no opposition. Everyone voted in favor of it. I think it's going to be a handful of people that have taken advantage of this. Paul, can I ask you a question? Daily Maw, the original law in 2004, how much opposition was there to it? Very little. And I guess that didn't work out too good if you had to change it. It was a minor amendment that affected a couple of people, just barely, I think, taking the year in which the legislation was passed two-thirds of the way through that year and not making that one of the criteria years. I think this is a simple thing that I agree we're making way too complex and overestimating the difficulty of carrying this out. I'm not overestimating the difficulty to staff at all. I know how much work it is. I've had to do mailings. I know what it's like. It isn't fun. I'm not going to comment on that. Again, I just want to reiterate, I agree with the comments regarding the intent of this. It's not about the mailings from our perspective. It really is about the future consequences. And it's my job to represent, to advise this commission. I am a neutral party. I'm not going to comment on the merits of Mr. Delgado or any other case that's affected by this. I really just, I feel it's my duty to bring these things to your attention. I try to do that, especially because this commission has been the subject of a lot of litigation. And I would be derelict in my duties to the public and to this commission's budget and to this commission if I did not advise you based on my past experience and based on what I see are some of the consequences. That's all I'm trying to convey here because I know that people are probably sitting there thinking, what is going on here? And I just want to make that very crystal clear. I think that City Attorney Owen, to me, made it clear when it's at our discretion if we only notice the current A card holders. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I understand that there could be a challenge by an individual, but we face that with every single decision we make, every single decision. We've seen even decisions we've all been unanimous on go to the Board of Appeals to be overturned. I think that if they're a current driver driving, they know that this is a new law. They know that they might be re-eligible, and I think that's appropriate. If somebody has quit the business, they quit the business. So a current A card holder who wants to be reconsidered because they were eliminated because of 2004 only, that's who we're asking to come forward. And if they're current and they can hear my voice, we don't have to give out any notices. It should be part of the program. So if someone comes to the commission and says, I was dropped because this amendment passed and I no longer had to qualify for 2004, I want to be reconsidered, those individuals should come forward and apply for a medallion that they said that they were denied getting. 
That's that's what you're saying, right? Simply because of that year. Of 2004. Simply because of yeah. the year. For whatever reason they were taken off the list, if they can prove that that was the reason, then those are the ones that we would consider that they should come before everybody else on the medallion list. And I think that that's not unfair. I think it is fair. But that's only because this medallion, I mean, this change in the uh, the uh, the law itself because of notification, that's the only reason that the change came about, because of our failure, the city's failure, or whatever the failure was, to put out the notice properly. But everyone has since been noticed. Uh, right. I think it's uh, been advertised enough, but I don't think we should create lists and, uh, and uh, go about a, a major notification system and, uh, and create three or four different lists. I mean, if a person, you know, if an individual was eliminated, because of 2004 considerations, then by all means come forward and say, look, I'm still a driver and I've been driving and I meet all the other qualifications. That's what, that's what the proposal really says. You have to continue meeting all of the qualifications. You can't just say, gee, I th threw my hands up in the air in 2004 and 2005 and I want to get on a, a medallion list. That, that's ridiculous. I haven't heard any amendments to the procedures yet, and that's what I'm really <laughs> waiting for. Okay. For those of us who are ready to vote for this, as it's written by our city attorney's office, it's frustrating to sit here and hear complaints and not hear any proposed amendments. Or, um, I mean, do we want to continue this for two weeks until people can get their ideas to Mr. Owen and have him redraft this and do it that way? Or are people comfortable in voting on this tonight? Mr. Owen? Well, I, I think I can articulate what I've heard in the section on persons eligible for reconsideration, either the first or the second bullet point would become the medallion applicant must have a current A card for the year of application for reconsideration and for each year since the commission originally denied the application or removed the applicant from the waiting list. Under deadline for applying for reconsideration, strike the third bullet point about sending letters. Yeah. The commission staff would publicize the procedures by posting them on the website. And then, again, you may want to do something with the cutoff date for reapplication. Is that what commissioners are saying, that they want to not send these letters? That's actually, I that's believe actually that's what, what we're saying. Commissioner Benjamin was yes. suggesting. I, I don't think we need to send letters out to 400 people that aren't going to qualify, and we're only talking about 10 or 20, maybe at most, that are going to meet all the requirements that they're going to need to get a medallion today, even with the consideration of not using 2004. And if they were dropped because of 2004, that, that's who the pool really involves. If a guy drove and threw his hands up in the air and said, gee, I never want to be a cab driver again in 2006 and 7, and has hurt feelings because he was dropped in 2004. And now we've changed that so that we don't consider 2004. We're not going to go after him. No, we still need the current people. He's gone. Mm -hmm. That's his tough luck. If he wants to sue the city and say, well, I did this because, and then he's going to have that burden of proof to come after us and say, this is the reason that I want to get it. Well, that's not going to work, mm -hmm. you know. I, I actually, what? Go ahead. Is that right? 
Mr. Benjamin was the one who cut the city attorney budget. City Attorney Owen, I did want to make a suggestion for the clarification you gave to bullet point number two, where I agree the medallion applicant must be, I think you said a current A-card holder, but then you went on to say and have held an A-card in all of the preceding years. And I think it might be more appropriate to say in according to the number of years required, because they could have one year missing, you know, according to the daily ma. You know what I'm saying? Like they could have driven two out of the three or three out of the four. No? You think all the years? I can go either way. I'm just suggesting that. Yeah, if you do want to do that, we need to put this over. Yeah, we're getting into some major substantive changes to this. I think I understand, but I don't think I can draft that off the cuff. If I could just say it again, maybe it will be clearer to myself, too. But since the standard is they must have driven, you know, so many years out of so many years, to say they have to have an A-card continuously through all the years doesn't really run a parallel with they could have not driven for one of those years. I don't want to complicate it. We can make the standard have an A-card for all the years, and I'm fine with it. But I'm just thinking there's that little. We're not talking about individuals that are going to be medallion holders that drove for a while, threw their hands up in the air, and walked away and are no longer driving. So we have to have it current all the years, in my opinion. We have to have drivers that stayed in the business that are driving. And if they think to be reconsidered for being passed over in medallion, I don't know what happens to a guy when he does get passed over. Does he never want to get on the medallion list again, or is he on the medallion list at a different position? I don't know. If someone is denied a medallion because of whatever reason, inaccurate or not enough waivers, whatever the problem is, then the person would be removed from the waiting list. But then if they had not, you know, if they were just for non-driving, they would be free to reapply and be at the bottom of the list. The chances of someone doing it, I don't know of anyone in the industry that has done such an act. But if a person was removed for other reasons, of course, there might be some bar to them being placed back on the wait list. But theoretically, if you denied someone for insufficient driving, they could just reapply and be at the bottom. Where do you want to go, Paul? I'm not the one with the problems with this. I really have no problems with the procedures as drafted. But there are others who do, and so clearly aren't going to get this done tonight, so I'm requesting that we continue this. I'm okay if you do the A card for all the years. Okay. They have to have the A card for all the years. Okay, and I think that's... We don't send out letters. It's noticed. And then you put it in a couple of dates. You know, when do they have to be... When does staff start taking applications, and when is the cutoff date? I want to see those. If you do those four things, then I'm okay. Well, then let's do them tonight. I am, too. 
When do you want to extend it to? If you don't want it October 1st? Well, if, no, no. Now, if we're not sending, if we're not sending letters, now I'm okay with making it 24 hours. I don't care. <laughs> no, the My end question is, is if we don't send hours, letters, got to let us know by tomorrow. how are people going to find out about this if we don't send letters? Well, no, wait a minute. You can't keep changing this on me. This is what you guys. Uh, you, you, this is what you said. <laughs> if you're not happy with it now, now we're, we're in a different situation. Can we do this without uh, notice, Tom? Do I me asking? There's no particular requirement of individual notice. Okay. What do you suggest I mean, well, you do for notice? You're making a decision at a publicly noticed meeting. You're going to put it on the website. Those are forms of public notice. Okay. I don't have to send letters. And, and I'm not doing this to thwart you, Commissioner Inetto, at all, because I'm happy the way it's here right now. But for your sake, Paul, what I... Um, I think if at least the color scheme should be noticed. Then, then not noticing to the color schemes, just a posting notice to the color schemes that they can have there for people to see. Are you okay with that, Commissioner Anetta? What kind of posting notice? Can't they get it off the website? Their color schemes were crying out loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, they don't have a computer. No wonder we're in trouble. <laughs> and just so you can shoot it down, I'm just going to suggest the last noticing thing that I would even consider would be noticing all the current A cards since they're the only ones that we're reaching. But that is how many A card holders? That's no. literally thousands of right, people. Right, exactly. So I, I default to just the public noticing of this meeting and the website and if the staff wanted to send something to the color schemes to help them out, but not insist on it. Well, what about the dates? So you could add something on the second bullet point of the second section by placing the notice on the website and by a letter to all color schemes? Yeah. Good. I want to get this done within the next five minutes, people. And you want to send a letter to the color schemes in addition to the putting it on the website? You want to eliminate it, sending letters? Not if it's a deal breaker because... Can I say that again now? I'm sorry. Just the second bullet point of the second section, in addition to noticing it on the website, that we send a letter to the color schemes. Yeah, okay, I don't understand. Okay, and then we want to eliminate the third bullet point. We don't want to do that. We don't want to send the letters. Right. Okay, That's what else? What we all agreed to, I think. Okay, what else? We need... Want to change October 1st? We, we, we want a start date and a stop date. Okay. Right. That's all I'm saying. Start date is what? What's good? Well, they need a couple of weeks to get ready at least. Well, I think the, the... What's wrong with October 1st? Our executive the start director. date? Yeah. We're no longer sending letters. No, no. All we need to do is draft a form that okay. people fill out. Okay. And then just start accepting these re requests. September 1st? Okay. Can we ask our executive director what's feasible to have someone walk in the door and say, I, I, I want, want to apply? Yeah, I mean, we, we wouldn't even need till September 1st. I think I mean, August, I mean, next week, yeah. we'll, to, to put a list together of, you know, to draft a form, August if we're not sending a letter and expecting to come in. August 1st. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. I'm confused with the list because now I hear about a list. I'm thinking August 1st they can start coming in. They would yeah. notice for August 12th and consent for August 26th. Perfect. Assuming that they... Done. 
but I, I still have a lot of outstanding questions, so I just, you know, uh, what about time waivers? Also, what about this A card proposal? None. No A card? Don't you have to have A cards. Have to have all an A card? All the years. All years since 2004? Yeah. Five. Five or four? Oh, five. What, whatever year that they suffered an adverse action, if they weren't bounced for failure to meet the driving requirements until 2007, they only need to prove they had an A card for 2007, 2008. I'm okay sense. with that. Yeah. Can we put that, what section is that? would that go under? That would be under third bullet point in the first section. Okay. So A card, current A card, and ha holding an A card since the year they suffered the adverse action. Cut off the All right. So we've decided that the commission staff will start accepting applications on August 1st. All applications for reconsideration must be received by December or November. Yeah. Well, What's you need They're going to know. They're going to know. Yeah. August 1st. Now you can keep it October 1st. Yeah. Okay. okay. October 1st. Yeah. Keep it October 1st. Done. Yeah. I'm okay with it now. So it's over with after that. Anything else? Just that I put it on the list. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, and, and, Paul, I, I'll apologize to you. I was dead strong on sending certified mail to everybody. You know, I, I really was. But when we hone in on just having the current A card holders and currently over the years, it was the public here that swayed me saying that we all know what's happening. You know, we all keep an eye on the industry, and that's what swayed me from not being okay. Um I would just suggest one more amendment, and that's under the third section, number uh, one, two, three, four. The language there says that the executive director shall review the application and place his or her recommended decision on the consent calendar for the commission's consideration. But, in fact, it's not a decision that I make in my capacity as director. All I do is report the fruits of the investigation to this commission, and it makes the decision. Right. So I so want to make sure that language is stricken. That's not. Well, we can present your recommendation. Place his or her recommendation. Yeah. It's not even a recommendation. It's just oh. the result of the investigation of the application. That's good. I'm not comfortable making recommendations, as you know. So. Results of your. So. Say that again. Place his or her results of the investigation on the consent calendar. Shall review the application and place. Uh, the results of investigation of the application along with the name of the applicant on the consent calendar. Okay. So, so are, uh, um, you currently um, there is a review in the commission office of those to remove from waiting lists or to remove from the medallion lists. In these cases, you're saying you don't want to make that uh, decision of who to remove, you want them all, anyone who comes into you under this amendment. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm judging one way or the other. I'm just asking. Anyone oh, yeah. who comes into you is going to end up before here. Is Everyone will be placed before this commission because if we okay. say no to someone, they're going to appeal the decision anyway to the commission. That, so to save fine. time, that's why we put them here. And this that's will fine. be done by October 1st, so. Yeah. Not going to drag on and on. Very cool. Anything else we need to amend this? Do we have all the changes that we made? Are we prepared to vote on this? Do I have a motion? I'll motion to approve as amended this evening. Is there a second? 
Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes. Next item. With thanks to the city attorney and our executive director for their guidance here. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> the next item is consideration of proposed rule 5H18 requiring designated managers for color schemes. This is an item that we uh, heard at the Rules Committee, um, which Commissioner Breslin chairs, Vice President Breslin chairs. And um, it's here as a, uh, actually, it is here as an action item because it was relatively non-controversial, as I recall, once we arrived at the um, amendments that had been suggested to the original proposal. And just to clarify for people, the whole purpose of this is just to designate one person at each color scheme that will be the point of contact between our office and that color scheme. And uh, something that's probably long overdue. So it should be relatively non-controversial. Are there any questions from commissioners before we ask? I just want to add one thing. In addition to designating the person, it does hold the color scheme accountable for that person's actions. Right. Okay. And did we put the phrase in there about um, uh, accept with approval by the commission about if someone had, we talked about if someone had had a suspended or a... No, that was suggested at the last rules committee. Um, you could certainly amend that here to yeah. state, and this is in 5H18 proposed yeah. A, this yeah. manager shall be an individual who has not had a permit suspended or revoked by the commission in the past five years, and then just to amend, except by permission of the, approval. you could either do, except by approval of the um, commission or the executive director at your pleasure. Yeah. I think it could be either or. Are you comfortable with that, Commissioner Breslin? We did talk about that briefly. Yes, most definitely. In, in the event that someone has a permit revoked um, simply because he can't meet the driving requirement doesn't mean the person might not be a good uh, individual to contact at, right. at the office. Okay, do we have that change? We would, I would recommend putting executive director only because otherwise you have agenda items on whether or not someone can be a manager and... I can use my professional judgment to determine that, you know, a driving requirement is. And she's the person that's going to be in contact. Right. Okay, so by the commission in the last five years, comma, unless approved by the executive director. Yeah, and if okay. people have a problem, they could appeal it. You know. Okay. Is there any public comment on this agenda item for one minute? <clears throat> Uh, good evening, uh, President Gillespie. Thanks uh, for resolving the last issue, amicably. Um, what I'm concerned about here is I think the, the manager shouldn't be a voluntary person. I think it should be someone who's either paid us some type of salary or stipend and proof of such, or that the person's a medallion holder. So it's not just somebody who's just a driver working for the company who's all of a sudden beginning to volunteer. This is a designated manager because I'm concerned that... that um, that this person uh, may be considered uh, um, an, a third party who is actually running some of the medallions rather than somebody who's actually part of the color scheme running gates and gas cabs. I'm really concerned about, uh, particularly with smaller companies. I think in the large companies, they have enough uh, paid staff that can be designated as an official manager who can actually take, take ser process service. And so I would hope that, that, that it's not just somebody that's a volunteer that is picked up as a manager. Thank you. Anyone else? <clears throat> David, nice to see you. David Philpel, thank you. Uh, just one uh, quick comment. I was looking through the uh, charter the other day. 
I guess too much time on my hands. Um, section 4.104 sub A1 requires that rules and regulations adopted by each uh, charter commission um, cannot be adopted until 10 days public notice has been given. I'm wondering if someone can educate me, maybe Tom, after the meeting, uh, about how that 10-day notice is given with respect to uh, changes to rules and regulations of the taxi commission. It's posted in our rules and regulations, posted online as well. Okay, I'm just wondering if that's meeting that requirement. Anyway. It's been our past experience to do it that way since I've been here. Heidi was okay. doing it that way, so okay. we've adopted that procedure. Okay. I'm, I'm just thinking about this provision more broadly and whether that, whether various commissions do it different ways and if that meets the, the intent of uh, 4.104. Anyway. I, I have nothing on the substance of this matter. Thank you. Possibly it's a topic for Sunshine Task Force. <laughs> yeah, which I just came from. Yeah. More on that in a moment. Thanks. Uh, so I'd like to address that. Are we, are we okay with the notice on this then? Because it was noticed on our rules committee, is that? On two separate occasions. We, we put it online. This has been on regularly does is have one hearing and then continue it over for the actual adoption at the subsequent meeting. Yeah, yeah. we normally do do that. And that clearly would satisfy the requirement. Yeah, we've normally been doing that. In fact, that's what I believed was going to happen tonight. Although it's listed as action, we, we, it's first reading, and then you always adopt it at the second one. I'm more comfortable doing that. Yeah. So, but we'll still take public comment. That was satisfied. Um, Mark Ruberg, and uh, I want to comment on behalf of Green Cab um, uh, against the suggestion that Barry Toronto was making in favor of the uh, resolution as uh, as written or the the rule as written because. Um, I think it would be a mistake to limit this to medallion holders or to paid employees. Um, you know, Green Cab uh, has a lot of people uh, who are uh, involved in the management of the company who are actually members of the company. Uh, they're a form of partner in, in an LLC, and, and uh, most of them do not have medallions, and um, they are fully integrated into the company, and they may not be receiving a salary or be a, an employee, but nonetheless, these people have responsibilities within the company. We'd like the ability to be able to name one or the other to that position. Thank you. Anyone else? Commissioners, direct memo. Generally, we understand manager, either he's a salaried person, or he got some kind of arrangement where he gets salary plus some benefit and bonuses and other stuff or some uh, performance uh, reward working in the company. But basically, the fundamental of the manager is he's a salaried person. Salaried person who pays all kind of taxes, Social Security, Medicare, other things out of his salary check. So whoever is the manager, I would say, should be a salaried person, number one, so he's more responsible, and number two, not necessarily that he should be a card holder, he could be anybody. The, I mean, nobody put any restriction, no commission or no other, that only such kind of person can come to us, nobody else. It's a salaried person of the company on their payroll. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? 
wants to speak on this agenda item? Okay. So following our normal procedure, this will be heard tonight, uh, and then agendized for our next meeting, and then that will satisfy the 10-day notice and our traditional practices of hearing it once and voting out the next time. Can I just suggest one more yes. amendment? Is that it says a color scheme may designate additional managers for specialized matters subject to approval by the commission, and then just to be consistent with the prior statement, I would just put also from the executive director. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we have like yellow. I mean, there's so many managers that we, I work closely with every day. I talk to Jim or Hal at least once a day usually. So that's fine. It's no problem at all. No, we're going we're gonna to hear it tonight and then vote on at the next meeting to satisfy both the noticing and our normal practice. Okay, the next item. Anyone? Uh, yes. Agenda item seven. The next item is uh, a public comment. For anyone who didn't speak the first time? Yes. Two minutes or three minutes, I think we have. Yeah. Yeah, three from last time. Yes, three. Fire. Um, you know, first of all, you, you really need to have more materials out there because. You know, the things get, they float around the audience, and one little packet is not enough. I mean, I think the Sunshine Task Force told you to have more than that. Okay, I, I wanted to make the industry aware of a, a proposal that was presented by Malcolm Heineke at the Charter of Reform Committee last week. Uh, Mr. Heineke has created his, uh, his own version of eminent domain in the taxi industry, whereby all the medallions would be taken back by the city, and auctioned off to the person who can pay the highest amount to lease it from Muni. And none of this money is going to go to the drivers or to a health plan or to subsidize purchases of hybrid vehicles. It will go to Muni and the DPT, uh, those nice folks who give us the tickets for picking up at the ballpark in 18th and Castro. Uh, Mr. Heineke, I guess he apparently wants to be a hero and he wants to fix Muni on the backs of the people who have been in this industry the longest. He wants to fix the Muni problem by throwing money at it, our money. He wants to take from people who've spent their entire adult lives serving the public and leave them with little or nothing to live on in these hard times. He wants to take from an industry that is self-supporting, and he wants to give it to an industry that can't even support itself. Jordana recently talked about respect in this industry, and I believe in that too. I believe in respect, but this is the ultimate disrespect to people that have faithfully served. And if anyone thinks that we're just going to sit idly by and we're going to let this just go down without a fight, I think they're sadly mistaken. We're not going to let our livelihoods and our industry be used for a man's political ambition. I'm sorry. So I urge you, uh, I think you all are doing such a, you know, you really are working well together as a unit. You're doing a really good job. And if this proposal comes before you somehow, I, I, I just want you to carefully think it through and do the right thing not just if something that the mayor might ask you to do or the director might ask you to do. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, anyone else? David Pilpel again, nice to be back. Uh, just two quick things. Um, I did notice that the binders must have walked, and so now you're doing a packet. If, if there's a way to just indicate on it, public review copy, please share. I mean, we have We that. have done that. Okay. And I know they walk, but we... Anyway, since this commission has such attendance and such interest, it's really important to have um, that available. Um, and the other uh, point was relative to the Sunshine Ordinance uh, Task Force. As you probably heard uh, earlier, we did uh, hear a complaint, um, and I continue to offer my assistance to help uh, however that's uh, uh, useful to you. Um, uh, to just summarize, I did indicate that I think that you all do 
uh, very good work under very difficult circumstances. This is probably one of the most difficult commissions to um, serve on and control the, the meetings, but um, it, it, very, it is very difficult. Um, but if there's anything I can do to, to help with those uh, procedures, I'm happy to do that. I'm wondering what you're are you offering to explain what's happened at the Sunshine Task Force to to me or because I didn't I wasn't able to attend the, right this. Uh, happy to do that happy to to help clarify the you know one minute uh, two minute three minute issues the order of speakers I mean there are a number of issues that have come up over the years and continue um, to be issues before you about how your uh, meetings are, are run and I'm as I said I'm I'm happy to help with that. Okay, I whatever, appreciate it. Whatever you need. Thanks. Thank you. I wanted to thank you for the way you handled the uh, Daily Ma Amendment item tonight and spent all the time in the due diligence. Uh, the people who were removed from the list at the time they were removed, except for Ray Delgado, and that was some kind of egregious mistake, everyone else was given their legal rights and told that they have the right to apply to the Board of Appeals upon their removal. So they've had the opportunity to appeal. And there's a little confusion I had when I heard counsel giving some of the advice, but one of the items does say that the remainder of the application will be considered under current standards based on current information. So I believe that even if someone does come up here and uh, with an application, they're still going to need to prove they've driven three out of four years. So all the daily model amendment did was shift things one year. That, that's all it did. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Seeing no one else, last item. The last item is adjournment. My name is Jern. Thank you for coming. Hey, Rich.